0: Hey everyone, it's another episode of Glitch Free Gaming. It's episode number 167.
1: Hooray! Hooray.
0: It's a new year. It's back to numbered podcasts. And yeah, and we're back to numbered podcasts after six episodes of Game of the Year. Yes, which will all definitely be up by the time
1: this goes out. <laughs> I, I definitely don't keep forgetting to upload the board game
0: ones. <laughs> yes, yeah. So at the time we're recording, we've still got two episodes in the bank, I mean, to that um, which yesterday. we'll we'll put out. Oh, I know, I know. Um, but cool, yes. Yeah, so by the time you listen to this, uh, you'll be fed up of us already, because you would have listened to six podcasts in 2017. Um, so we may as well start as we mean to finish, just by bombarding you with our usual nonsense. Um, Cool. So, uh, we've got quite a bit to talk about this episode. Uh, a lot of games that we've played over the Festa period, apart from, you know, the game of the year stuff, which we already have spoken about. So, coming up in this episode with video games, we are going to be talking about some Forza Horizon 2, Polytopia, Steep, Stardew Valley, Final Fantasy 15, I to think <laughs> there. <laughs> uh, the Witness Quarantine. XV, uh, Quantum Break, Recore, Doom, Nier Automato Demo, uh, Sniper Elite 3, and Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, Eyes of Heaven. And we also got some board games to talk about. Uh, we are going to be talking about Once Upon a Time, Scythe, Pandemic Iberia, and Hit Zeroed. So, cool. Uh, Kieran, we have been busy. Uh, tell us all about... How are you getting on with Final Fantasy 15?
1: Um i trying to get through it like um I want to it's one of those games that I know that if I fall off of Final Fantasy 15, I probably as much as I'm enjoying it I won't go back to it because I do that with a lot of right. you know these open world RPG type things where I'll play a bunch of it and then fall off of it and then never ever be able to go back to it ever. Um but I'm enjoying what I've been playing of it so far. Um, it hasn't really changed too much. It's still like they keep opening up sections of the map, and you're driving around it with your your buddies, and you're doing stuff. And it's there's still very little story. I'm kind of just you know sitting there, you know, playing a few hours of the game, and then going, I'm sure the story's going to start at a moment now. There's, <laughs> there's got there's got to be a plot in here, right? Somewhere. Guys, this is Final Fantasy, Anybody? right? Come on, <laughs> Final Fantasy 13 was like 90% cutscene. Come on, this is like too far in the opposite <laughs> direction. Um, and it's one of those weird things where you can see where content either was cut or wasn't finished in a lot of places. Right. So very, very minor spoilers because again, there's not much story. Or anything. Um. You go through, you know, a series of dungeons throughout the game because it's a final fantasy game. Um and the one that I just finished, you finish the dungeon and you leave and everyone's like, Okay, let's go back to the city then and we'll go and you know chill out and then it cuts to you back in the city inside the power plant there? With someone right. talking over the radio being like, Oh yeah, there's been an issue with the power plant, so you need to go in and kill all the demons that are in the power plant And it was like Wait, wait, what? How did I get here? There must have been something in between these two moments like <laughs> it's bizarre, like there's no setup for it. You do it, and then there's nothing comes from it. It's just kind yeah. of there, and it's like what <laughs> um, but I'm really still just enjoying like the gameplay of it, and uh like even though the story's not very you know existent um. The characters are pretty good still. Like I do really right. like Noctus and his friends, um, and things like they introduce uh, Gladio's sister. She's really cool. Um, she joins is you. She as, fully, like,
0: is she fully clothed?
1: She is fully clothed. She
0: right. Is. Okay. So she she's not like um, oh the mechanic oh, chick. Oh uh,
1: yes, uh, Cindy or Sydney. Sydney. C- yeah. Cindy, one. Of them. Um, no, <laughs> thankfully no. Um, I still avoid refueling the car in that station, just because it's the worst. Um, no, no, she's actually pretty good. There's another, um, it's kind of weird, because Cindy is like the, the standout, terrible female character in that game, um, because there's, I forget her name, uh, she's only been out a couple of times, but there's a the mercenary lady, and she's still got kind of revealing clothing, but you know, it's one of those things where Unlike Cindy's where it's just made to be sexy looking, Uh, she's kind of revealing armour, but it's that kind of, like, cool... It's the kind of armour that looks super fucking cool, so you're like, ah, whatever, that's fine. You're not really sexualizing (laughs) her, you're like, oh, let's give her some badass armour. Yeah. So she looks really cool. Um, And she's a dragoon, because she jumps really high up in there and slams down with a spear. No one ever actually says the word dragoon about her, but... She has a, she has a lance and she jumps up into the air and then lands on enemies. So dragoon. she's a dragoon. Um, <laughs> yeah, I yeah I'm enjoying that game. I need to play more of it though. Um, but yeah, I, it's gonna. It seems like it's gonna be a long one.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, as you can expect, I guess. Um, yes. Yeah. So how are you getting on with Steve?
0: Oh man, so Steep was, I think the last time that we spoke I tried the, the demo of it and I thought, okay, I've, I've seen the little bit of demo that you showed me and I think I'm going to hold off on the game. Uh, and what had happened was the price of Steep has plummeted yeah. and that should have been, a, that should have been a telltale sign, but I thought, you know, SSX was it it did well, but it's still in you know polite conversation. There's going to be not that many people that like it. You know what I mean? It's a it's a yeah. sports game. It's a specific type of sports game. So I'm thinking, right? You know, we've got big gaming's a bigger community now. They've taken a gamble and it's not paid off, but it still might be good. So I ended up picking up the special edition that you could only pay, get in game here in the UK. And I paid £25 for it. Not bad. What
1: does the special edition actually come with? Cool,
0: that no problem. It does. It comes with, um, DLC and events, um, nighttime events. Now, the game has those in them already, but these are special ones. Okay. Um, that's about as much as I know about them, and you'll find out shortly why. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, uh, I, you know, bought the game, brought it home, loaded it up, and I played it. And after about maybe an hour or so, you quickly discover that the, you know, it's huge. There's loads of events everywhere that you have to get to um and you have to unlock levels. You have to be a certain level to be able to get to a certain mountain or a certain peak and do the events that are on it. But the events are The they're the same thing over and over and over again. It's just the scenery that's changed. So I know that's silly, but
1: yeah, but I assume not in a meaningful feeling way. Like it doesn't feel like yes, you know. I mean, like you could say a racing game is just you know driving around in circles over and over, but the tracks are all different layouts and they all feel very different, and that's what makes yeah, you know, unique every single time. Yeah, Um, so
0: this one there's a you know there's a downhill a downhill race or the the wingsuit the, the wingsuit's a good example the the wingsuit you are going down a trajectory you know in your wingsuit and you're flying through rings yeah no problem except on you know the the one the one track you're doing the exact same thing but below you it's all trees and then the next time it's all little icebergs um the downhill racing's the same thing you one minute you're snowboarding through trees um doing the exact same thing oh, you know it's a straight line straight down and you can veer off uh, if you want but all the scenery is trees the next time you do it exact same thing straight down and all the scenery is little cabins or it's little then they have the freestyle ones and the free so you think all oh, right now we're getting somewhere and there's one and it's uh it's all jumps made up jumps you know from compacted snow and you're thinking right okay no problem Uh, and then you go to the next one you think oh right I wonder what they're going to do here they're going to have a half pipe or is there going to be some rails that I can grind on no it's the exact same track except the the made up compacted snow ramps are now little ice bugs because you're in the icy part of the mountain and it's you know it will change from night time to daytime uh you know the, the they've got some bloom lighting effects and stuff in it once you've spent hour hour and a half of that game that's you you've you've been there you've done it yeah. there is not enough there's variation but there's not enough variation it you know if you if that makes any sense because it is yeah. it's just um
1: there's just not enough. Content. It's like a big open world, but all of it's very semi Yeah, yep,
0: yeah, that is it. Um, and you try and I went back to, it, you know, three and four times because I thought the I must be missing something. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, you're not. Um, the other thing about it is it's one of these games. Uh, Ubisoft are quite good at this, where the game is always online. Yeah, you have to have an online connection to play it. Otherwise, that's it. You're, hmm. you're done. You can't play it. Uh, I I don't know if that was because they thought you were going to bump into all these different people and you were all going to meet up and you know go up and down the mountain. If um, it was going to be successful, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, there's, it's just it's I I can't recommend it. I, and you know that, you said it the last time we spoke about this. If you go back to our our E3 wrap up where we spoke about E3 and everything that we've seen. Every, all three of us said, you know, highlight of the show. Uh, I can't remember. Was it? I can't remember who revealed it. What conference it was, but it the was, highlight it of, the end of that was. Was it
1: Ubisoft? One, it was.
0: Oh, it was Ubisoft? Yeah. yeah. Um, the, and it was steep. You know, we we all spoke yeah. about it and said we can't wait for this thing to come out. Yeah, we're all super uh-huh. excited
1: because we all like SSX and stuff like that, and we're like, this looks really cool.
0: Yeah. Um I just see that I, the other thing that they say is that oh you know just just go and explore the mountain so yeah you do that you go up to you find a high peak and the idea is that you're meant to be able to seamlessly switch between all the equipment yeah but you it does it to a certain point but for um you know I the way that they sold it and the 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 way that I thought it would have been was you, you know, you're on your, your parachute and you're coming down, you're coming down and you can flick a button and it's not completely realistic, but you should be able to look down and you've got your snowboard on your feet and you, you know, as you touch down onto the mountain, that's you, you seamlessly transition into snowboarding. Mm -hmm. Um, no, no, you physically, you need to stop the guy, your, your guy lands, then you have to go into your wheel. Oh, I remember this from
1: the beta actually. I remember being really fucking annoyed with this.
0: Yeah. And it's like right, why you make why are you doing this? Because there's you know, in, instead of, you know, being like some super you know uh what's the games that you like where the guy does the insane stunts and things? Just cause? Yeah. 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 Instead of being like, you know, make your character like that halfway through he's changing his suit in midair and stuff like that. Yeah. A little bit of fun. That would be cool. Like yeah, if you, could, but if you the,
1: could go from parachute to skiing super quickly, yes. that'd be
0: great. But this one, you have to stop and then you have to go into an infantry wheel and you have to change this. And it's like, no, I don't get it. The yeah, bit that annoyed the,
1: me the most about that was the, that you can't walk uh, in general unless you switch to no gear. But you can't walk specifically with the squirrel suit.
0: Oh, the squirrel suit! Yeah, because it's you just fall t- flat in your face. The,
1: yeah, it's the worst. You switch to the squirrel suit, and you're like, the first time I edit uh, is the tutorial thing in the beta where it's like, all right, now go over to this, you know, go over to yes. the pier basically, walk over to the end of it, switch to the squirrel suit, and then jump off. So I walked near the end of it, switched to the squirrel suit, and then pushed forward so that I could walk to the end of it before jumping.
0: I did the and exact just same.
1: Belly flopped. ...fell off and just started rolling down the hill.
0: Yeah, I did the exact same thing. Um, you know, but the thing... ...I think the thing that annoyed me more about it is... ...in the beta and also in the tutorial... that ...when you start the game up... ...is they use the word to transition seamlessly. They use that sentence. Yeah. And it's like, well, that... ...switching on the fucking wheel isn't. They've obviously yeah. recorded the script... <laughs> Before they've actually put the implementation of the game, and it's—I
1: think they probably thought, "Well, you don't have to back out to a menu or anything. Or you don't have to go to like a place to switch your gear. You just push the button, and it's there." And it's like, "Yeah, but it's not quite as easy as that." As that sounds,
0: yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I I can't recommend it, um, even cool. at twenty at twenty quid. Now, oh yeah, so the game I paid. I got it for £25 or it was on sale for £25. I had, um, so if you go back, a, went back a couple of months and we, I spoke in a podcast when I upgraded my Xbox One,
2: mm-hmm.
0: I bought it from game and I've got my reward card and I let them scan it and things. So I ended up with six odd pound in credit. Yeah. So I used that six odd pound, um, Against it, and I ended up paying eighteen pound fifty or something for steep, and I still think I paid about seventeen pound fifty too much. Jeez. Yeah, and I'm not. I'm, I'm trying not to be scathing, and I'm, you know, I genuinely feel I paid about seventeen fifty too much for that game.
1: Yeah, that's a shame.
0: Yeah, it is. It's it. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm. I'm a little bit disappointed that I didn't play it before Game of the Year because I'd be would be arguing for the most disappointing category. <laughs> yeah, uh,
1: I think if I had played yeah. it, maybe. The, well, I don't know. I, I may end up liking it still. Like I know Paul still quite likes it. Um, yeah, so we. But I, I'll probably pick up at some point still. But yeah, it's definitely not high on my list anymore.
0: Yeah, I um, pick it up when it's on sale. Yep. And it will be, it will drop further than 25 quid. Mm-hmm. So, uh but uh, tell us about, uh, now this was a game that I have, and I don't think I spoke about it on the podcast because I think I was ill when I bought it. Or it so, was yeah. either either that or I bought it just before I fell ill. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us about ReCore.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, speaking of things that was on sale, uh, I bought a bunch of... <laughs> I bought I was I was stupid and bought multiple things on the fucking Windows Store which was terrible.
2: Yes, yeah.
1: Uh, especially because one of the other games we're going to talk about later, like Quantum Break, I picked up for twenty quid or something like that on the Windows Store, and realised it was right. a similar price on the Steam sale, but the Steam sale for ver- the Steam version of that game has more updates and is better supported. Ah, I was like, God damn!
0: It. Really? I ah, made a mistake. Almost.
1: Uh, yeah, but whatever. It's fine. Um. But yeah, so I, just before Christmas, I upgraded my PC. Um, I stuck a new graphics card in it, stuck another 8 gigs of RAM in it, stuck an SSD in it. So it's mm-hmm. super fast now, still using like the same old, uh, CPU and motherboard and stuff that's in there, which will be kind of the next thing to replace, but I couldn't afford to replace all of it at once. Um, <laughs> I right, kind of mid range got a AMD. RX 480, which is kind of again, kind of mid-range card but it can max out most things at the resolutions I'm playing at, because I'm only playing at like 1080p, um so I picked right. up a couple of things, just to you know, try it out, and there were games I was going to play anyway at some point um, and ReCore was one of them which is, uh I can't remember, I think you might have talked about it on the podcast before, Various the very things I came up during the yeah. game your stuff a little bit yes, um but for people to know, Recore is like a third-person. I mean, it's kind of a third-person shooter, but the shooting's obviously not the priority for it. Like, there's a no, lot of it, it's... but they automate it so much you'd literally just lock onto things and hold the trigger down. Um, yeah,
0: it kind of reminds me of a third-person Mega Man.
1: Yeah, that's that's probably a good comparison, especially because a bunch of the people that worked on it were kind of, uh, uh, I think. I remember. actually but that's not the game I'm no. I'm pretty sure there was some like Mega Man people worked on it. There was definitely some mega yes. Metroid people that worked on it because I'm pretty sure Armature worked on this. They were the. Right. They used to work for Retro, so they made Metroid Prime. Um, and it's definitely right. got some elements of that as well because it's not. It's got this kind of big open world kind of deserted area, and you're going to a bunch of dungeons and stuff like that that you seem to be able to do in any order you want and collecting things and collecting upgrades that will let you get into different dungeons and things like that. Um, It seems quite cool so far. I've heard from many, many people that there's a point where that game was clearly not finished and it kind of falls Mm -hmm. apart. Um, But the first part of that game is actually really solid. Um, It's got much more of a kind of focus on the platforming um, with, you know, the enemies feel more like um, they feel more like kind of platforming hazards than you know enemies that you're focused on combat like yeah, deep combat with they're just kind of there to fuck up your platforming unless you're good at shooting them as well um, yes
0: yeah
1: which is, is cool works really well uh, the platform itself is great like it's got this cool double jump and uh, dash kind of combo thing that you can kind of chain together and you go into some of these little optional dungeons at places that have really tricky jumps and stuff, and uh, they have this cool system where I've only done one of them so far, but you go into some of these side dungeons and they have like a, a checklist, basically, of things you have to do to unlock things at the end of it. and uh-huh. So you get, like, some there's some loot in the game basically. You're getting loot to upgrade your little robot dog bunny, uh, yeah. who you eventually... Different forms for as well. Um, yes. And you're also getting scrap and stuff like that to. Again, I think all of the upgrades, or I think there's some upgrades for the main character, but I think most of the upgrades are for your robot. Um, yeah. And so, like, the first of these dungeons I went into was a big platforming thing, and the three things were just uh, shoot all eight of the switches that are you know, between the start and the end of the level. Yeah. Um, collect the yellow key. Yes. And get there in under, it was like two and a half minutes or something like that, or maybe a bit more than that. Um, but it was like a really short period of time. So you're just rushing through this dungeon as quickly as possible, trying to make sure you don't miss any of these little, they weren't really hidden, but they're little switches that you can pretty much only hit from a few angles, so you kind of have to hit them at a certain point as you're platforming through there, or else you've missed it. Um, And then the yeah. yellow key you get just by quickly killing one of the enemies and he drops it. Um, and each one of those objectives you get unlocks a different reward at the end and then you get an extra reward for completing all three of them um, and then also you get a reward just for finishing it so they kind of just rank in terms of uh, the quality of reward where the one you get for is kind of nothing um, the ones that you get for the three checklist items are a bit better and then the last one is something really good, it was like a bunch of armor sets or a bunch of uh, upgrade things for my robot dog like I got a new head for him or something like that um, Right. which I have no idea what the stats on those things do they're like oh it increases your defense and your, your your attack and it's like this doesn't actually seem to make any difference but my dog's red now so that's good I guess I
2: don't know <laughs> maybe um,
1: oh yeah and then there's all the color combo and stuff where uh, you can switch the color of your gun and the de- Enemies will do, or will take more damage if you shoot them with the same color as what they are. Uh yeah. And then you can use a grappling hook to pull the core out of them, which is pretty grim. And is a mini game that I didn't really understand because I don't think there's a tutorial for it. If there is, I <laughs> kind of skipped through it very quickly. Um, yeah,
0: there's one of the one of the bosses that you fight, and it ki- it kind of talks you through how to do it, but it it is. I think it only does it once or twice.
1: Yeah, maybe. Because I, I remember saying, like, you'll push this button to, you know, use the grapple and then pull back on the analog stick to pull it, uh, the core out. Yeah. But there's more to it than
0: that. Yeah, because you're playing... It's a bit like a, a tug-of-war.
1: Yeah. Or it's like a fishing minigame, where, you know, like in fishing games, if you're pulling too hard, you'll snap your line. It's basically that. So you have to pull hard to kind of pull the core but then as they start pulling back you want to let off a little bit and then the moment your line has kind of strengthened again, start yanking it um, Yes, yeah but Also now I've got really good at it so I'm yanking all the cores out of everything and I don't know what to do with the cores I've just got lots of cores <laughs> now <laughs> which is pretty good Um, And yeah, cool. and I've done a couple of boss fights now as well and they're really cool So uh, I've really enjoyed it How far point. are you? Um, Not super far, I've I just met another human character um, who's missing a foot.
0: And right, okay. It's
1: kind of, uh, like, it's super early still. I've done, like, one main dungeon. Ah. Um, uh... One main dungeon, one side one. I've just kind of done a little bit of finding. Because there's a lot of optional stuff in that. There's a lot of just, like, those prism core things just everywhere. So I've just been kind of yeah. collecting a bunch of stuff, um, which has been pretty good.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um I think it's also uh, you didn't mention, you know, so obviously the main thing about the game is energy and uh, you didn't tell us what the name of the main characters is.
1: Uh that's because I don't remember. Joule Oh. Yeah. Yes, yeah,
0: spelled J O U L E
1: Yeah, I yeah, I barely pay pay attention to what little stories is in that game. <laughs> um, yeah it seems like the story is pretty much they got stranded on this planet they were going to colonise it or something and now there's robots I'm just like, ok cool. yes, great yeah, let's do uh, that um, yeah uh,
0: yeah I I quite like it it's quite cool
1: yeah I'm enjoying it I'm going to play more of it um, I tried playing it with mouse keyboard for a while and uh, mainly because like, I thought it was third person sure and then you very quickly realise, oh no, this is more of a platformer, I should switch to a controller, because the shooting's not the thing about this I need to be precise with. Um, Yeah. Yeah, so I've been uh, playing that quite a bit. Um, I'm enjoying it quite a bit. Um, Yes, it is quite good. Yeah. Uh, Tell me about Polytopia, because I told you about this game, and I want to know how much you've been playing it, because I think you've played a lot more than I have
0: um yeah so uh polytopia was uh i think it was was it christmas uh, uh, christmas day or like around not...
1: Christmas? yeah
0: but Yeah, it was around right about christmas time and i got this message that uh, you know guys we need to redo the game of the year stuff because of this yeah.
1: and uh, also for reference the write... game is called like the battles of polytopia or something like that it's not just polytopia. yes <laughs>
0: yes yeah um the the Battle of Polytopia is its real its hmm. proper name. Um, so you'd sent this. you didn't even send a link. I think you'd sent a video. I can't remember what you sent. But I seen it and I thought, I oh f- bloody hell, I need this. So I found it and downloaded it. Basically, it's a free to play game. Um, and then there's some in app purchases that you can buy. The best way to describe the Battle of Polytopia is it is all the best bits of Civilization taken and condensed and put into a mobile phone game.
1: Yeah, uh, like super simple, quick, arcadey version of Civilization.
0: Yes, yeah. Um, so the, the first time you play the game, you, you pick, there are um, four different factions or four different tribes that you can play mm-hmm. as. You pick one of them and you have... Got 30 turns, um, to try and get the best possible score of your civilization. Um, and it is, it is like old school civilization. Um, even the turns, the way the turns work are the same as civilization. Mm-hmm. Um, so you pick a tribe and you start out, you have one city and you have one person in the, in the city. Yeah. You can use that person to go and, Explore and maybe try and find other villages, mm-hmm. uh, either friendly villages or so a bit like the, um, not the barbarians, but the, the little villages and civilization. Yeah, if yeah. you find them, they, they join your, your civilization. Yeah, there's also,
1: a bonus at least.
0: yes, yeah. So there's other civilizations as well that you can find. Um, and you, what you do with them is like in any game of civilization, you beat the shit out of them yeah, and then take them. them. Punch them and then take your stuff. (laughs) Yeah, Um, yeah, that that is it. As you go along, you are um, you can find um, different tech, so you can upgrade and get different. different skills and different things i'm actually loading the game so i can kind of tell you like the tech trees so things that you can do yeah. are things like uh, mining there's farming you can ride if you learn the riding tech then you get hawk, um mounted explore you know mounted yeah. soldiers and you can travel farther they're a little bit stronger than your your standard sorry uh well uh, i couldn't decide <laughs> whether i was going to say soldiers or warriors yeah. there so was coming up with sorriers. Um There's archery. Uh, you know, then you can um, you can invent sailing and you can sail around because uh, the sea. Um, and we again, like civilization, if you've got the the base level of it, you can only you can't go that far. Um yeah, but like then if you find the ocean. yeah yeah, um, and then if you get navigation, then that's it. The world your that mm-hmm. you can go from your little continent to the other continent. yeah yeah, so there's all the different texts Um, there's even they've even taken some of the names so in if anyone's played Civilization, Kieran you'll know this in Civilization when you get the catapult what's the technology called?
1: oh god that's a really specific question I don't remember
0: mathematics oh yeah, yeah sure yeah, when you learn, when you when you study mathematics, the benefit that you get is a catapult, and they've they've got it in here.
2: Yeah.
0: Now the, you know that is that doesn't it's not a logical jump, <laughs> right? So I always thought that about Sid Sid my civilization, but they've taken it, and they've put it in here, and I love it. It's brilliant. That you know they have the the game makes no bones about what it is. Yeah. Um. And it works really, really
1: well. Also, I feel like, going back to that Civilization thing, I feel like everyone that plays Civilization has like one or two of those kind of texts that they specifically remember for some reason, mainly because of the yeah. logic jumps in them. Yes. For me, it's always um, writing, because oh, unlocking right. writing gives you the ability to create alliances with people. I love that jump of, we can write to each other, we're friends now! It's like, what? <laughs> yeah, what? pen pals!
2: <laughs> <laughs> so good.
0: Yeah, it is, um, it's just an awesome thing, you know, where you're moving through those texts. Um, the look of the game, it's so, uh, Polytopia might give you a clue that it's kind of, oh it's not an 8 bit style, it's,
1: it's kind of blocky, Voxley yeah, the, the, 3D kind of thing.
0: Yeah, polygon, polygon, Voxony style thing.
1: It's the kind of thing. Is it? It's the kind of art style which has been popularized since uh, Crossy Road became really successful. Like, is that kind yes. of art style? Um
0: Yeah. It looks yeah.
1: quite different. Like, it's got its own spin on things. It's got some really nice character designs, and just from you know the fact that it's a you know it's a strategy game. It, Looks inherently very different, but it's still that similar idea.
0: Yeah. Um, so, yeah. The the kind of me uh, first game that you play is this kind of uh, timed game. You've got fifteen turns to be the the best civilization that you can be. Once you play that game and you finish it, then you get uh, the option where you can play. I can't even remember what they call it but it's essentially, it's like Civilization you're starting out until you wipe out all the other Civilizations. Yeah, I
1: think it's like Conquest or something like that. Um,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, Yeah. whereas, yeah, so you have two game modes, it's either the t- the timed mode where you have a certain number of turns to have the most points at the end, or yeah, you want to wipe out all of the other nations. And I, I think it's part of the reason I've not played as much of it is that neither of those modes have actually kind of been scratching my itch as much as I want them to. Um, I always feel like the turn-based mode ends slightly sooner than I want it to every single time, um, and not, yes. in like, not in like a satisfying way. And I like, ah, oh, goddammit, it, this feels like it should have went like another five turns. Um, yes. And then the conquest one, I feel becomes too easy to break. Um, I feel that both of them become kind of a bit easy to break but Conquest in particular because uh there are super units in that game and yes. they're pretty much unkillable if you have one and it's really easy to get like four and then just destroy yeah. everything and just take the whole map and they can't do anything um, which is how I've won a few games in that Conquest because you get all those by upgrading your cities which I think the way they handle upgrading cities is incredibly cool. Like, I really like that as a system, um, where like each of the technologies you upgrade, or most of the technologies, not all of them, have some kind of either building you can build or some kind of resource that already will exist on the map. So you'll be able to see, you'll be able to tell from looking at the map what you should be researching first. Um, yeah, that increases the population of your city. So, for example, if there are two lots of apples next to your city, it might be smart to invest in gathering so that you can collect those apples. They each give you things like two population. That upgrades your city like almost twice. And every time your city upgrades, you get either, uh, I think the first one gives you either an explorer who will kind of just run around and sticks to the edges of the map and runs around, will explore a bunch of stuff and reveal the map. Uh, or I forget what the second upgrade is. Is that the one that gives you super unit?
0: Is it that early? Uh, I no is? no the, uh, super units is quite late on.
1: Yeah, I think. Oh no, it gives you plus one production, so you get one extra star every turn. Uh, and every time you get every turn when you get stars, uh, those are what you're spending to buy units and to uh research things. So yes, I I never. I like rarely ever use the explorer thing because the maps aren't very big, and so I never really feel the need to have an explorer run around and reveal the map because I can do that myself later. Although there are you do get extra yes. points for being the one to explore the whole map. Um, yeah. So that I guess if it, it's a way you could play, it does have a lot of options if nothing else. Um. But yeah, once you upgrade your site to a certain point by by you know building lots of Temples nearby and building mines nearby. And, uh, one of the easiest ways I found was to build, uh, uh to build, uh, p- uh, ports. Because if you have a, yeah. a city that's anywhere near the ocean, uh, every port that you build is like plus one population. And then you can get another thing that gives you like another plus one population per port that you have or something like that. And I had a couple of cities that were. Just literally just like surrounded by water. Pretty much not islands, but almost islands. And so I just built a shit ton of ports around them. They were just the biggest, (laughs) most powerful cities in the entire thing. Um, And I love that it lets you do that kind of thing, but then once you get the super units, they're just so overpowered. Um, Yeah. I haven't played against the hardest AI, or, you know, like the second hardest or anything yet. So maybe the harder AI is better at either stopping you from getting to that point or. I don't know, maybe being able to take down your super units a bit, but yeah, right now it's like, I don't know don't know but I still do enjoy it a lot
0: <laughs> Yeah um, I have played quite a bit of it um, and it's it's something just quite, uh, you know I can take it out and I can play you know, just uh, quickly on the way into work on the bus and it's, yeah I yeah. really do like it. Um, I'm, I haven't bought any of the, the little, um, the, the microtransactions yet. Well, not microtransactions, but the, the paid content. Yeah. They all just um, seem to be, but,
1: uh, they're different factions.
0: Yes. Um, so I, the, each faction also, I, I, we never mentioned that each faction gives you a, a different ability, so they they all again like civilization. Each mm-hmm. faction has a different starting ability. Um, so I kind of like the the desert people that start with a rider. Yeah, they seem to be my my favorite one to start with. Um, and yeah, I'm not very good at the game. I just enjoy <laughs> it, and I I prefer the timed one. Same as you, I prefer the timed one to the conquest one.
1: Yeah, um, uh, I bought the oh god what was the name of them they're like the the generic evil looking guys um, alright I thought
0: I thought you just bought the whole thing no
1: no I only bought one of the, the DLC um, oh All
0: right, I thought you bought the whole you know you paid one price for the oh, whole oh
1: no no no, no. Uh, you, you pay individually they're like uh, they're like 80p each or something like that they're
0: not alright okay
1: um, so yeah so I bought one I'll probably buy another one at some point I uh, have one of them I can't remember the name of them uh, off the top of my head but they're like the generic evil looking guys. Like they, they start <laughs> they start in an area that's all just like blackened, burnt out wasteland with like you know weird purple mushroom things growing everywhere. Um and their kind of special abilities they make sort like they instead of the regular um like kind of uh warriors, they have swordmen that are way stronger than everyone else's, but not quite strong as super units. But it means that in the early game you can just run around and start beating the shit out of people and be like, just "Let me! I'm going to take your stuff. It's all mine now." <laughs> um, it's really good. Uh, I, I, I'm going to play more of it. It's one of the things that I've been playing on the tram every now and again. Um, it's definitely a really, really fun mobile game. Yeah. I do wish we played it for Game of the Year. It would have. I don't think it would have given Reigns a, uh, you know, run for his money at all, but it's also really good, so.
0: Yes, yeah.
1: It would have at least come up.
0: Yeah, de- definitely. So, Um. yeah, definitely check it out, and uh, I probably will buy one or two of the little um, extras as well, the Factions.
1: Makes sense.
0: cool um so you have been playing you've been playing quite a lot of things um of you games. I'm guessing have you finished Doom yet
1: I've not finished Doom Doom is on the list of games I've played because it's the reason I upgraded my PC um so I had Doom already for the PS4 like I've mentioned it a few times on here because I really like it um <clears throat> But I hit a wall with that game on PS4 where I just couldn't like it's so fast paced and so kinda of old school shootery. I just, and super difficult that I just couldn't really get any further using a controller. Like I've never been a big first person shooter on controllers guy. And I was like, I need to play this on a PC. Like I need to mouse and keyboard, this <laughs> this just isn't happening. So I bought it. It didn't run on my PC at all because my PC was... Oh, wow. ...bad. And now I upgraded my PC. That's why I upgraded my PC. Um, and now it runs perfectly. Like, I had to cap the frame rate because it was running at stupidly high frames a 2nd
2: Um,
1: and it looks great, plays great. I got, very quickly, on a harder difficulty than I was playing on PS4, got farther than I have in the PS4, um... I've still not finished it yet, but I'm further than I've been in that game so far. And it's just so good. It's just so simple, so self aware. Like it is one of those games that I don't think would work quite as well without the kind of self aware aspect of it. Um and it's it knows not to kind of go too deep into anything story wise like there's a bunch of like weird lore things in there that you can read if you want to but for the most part that game is just kind of that old school shooter design of here's this relatively big level with a ton of secrets and stuff hidden in it go gun down all the enemies in it and get to the end of it and you know you'll the positioning of the enemies and the kind of enemy encounters you find are kind of so perfectly laid out that you end up with these really cool scenarios everywhere. Um, but yeah, I, I'm really enjoying that game. Um, and, you know, one of the main characters sounds like Optimus Prime, which is always great. Always great. Cool. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, what have you. What are you thinking of Forza Horizon? You've brought Forza Horizon Two Blizzard Peak DLC on here, which is not—that's not Forza Horizon correct. Two.
0: That's Forza Horizon Three, yes, yeah. So, um, how yeah, are you I, finding that DLC? I am finding it excellent. I didn't think I—you
1: uh, told me to. You it oh awesome. wow!
0: Okay, yeah, um, yeah. So uh, they had uh, quite a good deal on where so the DLC for these games normally goes for is it about 20 odd pound uh, no 17 odd pound a shot
1: something like that
0: yeah. yeah um but because of the launch period they were offering the whole season pass for 20 pounds so essentially 4 pound more yeah than the the price of, you know the regular price of the, the DLC um on it's own so I picked that up and uh This DLC is the Blizzard Peak. So it goes to a snowy mountain in Australia. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you've got, uh, you know, it's all mountain racing. There's blizzards and things. It is really, really good. It adds a little bit of different um, racing that you've, you've not seen before. So it's similar in the way that the... The DLC worked for Forza Horizon two. Uh so the Forza Horizon two DLC was uh it was off road stuff. Yeah. So they basically was that the was Forza Horizon. Yeah, it was them trying to do Motorstorm. Yeah. And they did it really, really well. Yeah. Um this time they have taken it and they've put it on a snow mountain, you know, so yeah. you're makes you makes because Forza
1: Horizon three already kind of did the rally thing again? They were kind yes, of like, yeah. The the whole game is that, or not the whole game, but your large portions yeah. of that game.
0: So, yes, yeah. So what they've done this time is they they put it on the mountain, and you so you can be tearing up, doing uphill races in you know big four x fours uh, and trucks with the the snow tires and things, or rally cars. So you can do mountain rallying things like that. They also have these. Um, uh, the buggies, uh-huh. uh, and the, the off-road buggies, and go, doing the the mountain stuff with that, uh, the snowy mountain stuff with in these buggies, absolutely amazing, fantastic. The ga- the the cars are not as fast, uh, but you are you're, you're skidding and sliding all over the place, um, because the cars are so light. You know, they're just uh, metal frames and a big fucking engine in the back of them. And you sitting in a chair. Um, they are the power to weight ratio is uh, just mental, you know. So they're tearing up these mountains, very fast racing. Um, yeah, that they've knocked the DLC right out of the park. It just gives you a little bit more to, you know, the whole Forza Horizon Three experience. And but you're getting this totally different scenery and they've made it a little bit challenging because you are racing in blizzard conditions so there's some of the races where you can't see in front of you um you can you know they they've got the what do they call them the white out poles which are the red and white poles yeah that you you know during a blizzard that you can only see and that's all you can see and you're <laughs> aiming for those even if, so, if yeah. you keep you know the the track um the little uh Imaginary line that's in, yeah, that's the, on the track.
1: The, um the driving line.
0: The driving line. Thank you. <laughs> why I couldn't think of the driving line. The, uh, sometimes it's that bad you can't even see the driving line. Jeez. Yeah, I it's really weird. That
1: was some of my favourite stuff in um, in the drive club. Was when they added all the crazy weather stuff and it was like, oh great. It's a blizzard. I can't see. It. Especially because I, I played a lot of Drive Club in first person, um, yes. Where it's like, oh, my windshield is just snow. I this isn't. Yeah. Oh no. Um, so yeah. I, I definitely think I need to play more of this game in general. Like I didn't yeah. play as much as I wanted uh,
0: to. So I have finished the DLC. Oh jeez. It's that good. I finished it. That's um, awesome. I'm done with it. Uh, but I just I so I did the final race uh, a couple of nights ago and I had I played Forza I think you and I have spoken offline about it but I haven't I don't think I've talked about it on the podcast that I have played you get to the point where you win a couple of races and then a message will come in and it'll say hey you're doing really well at the game do you fancy changing the you know the AI you'll get more yeah. money and it will be a little bit more challenging yeah. so I've been doing that and I got to a level where I was playing through the game and I am winning every four out of five races, uh-huh. you know, and I'm happy with that and some of them were really hard fought and I'm having a lot of fun with it. So I played uh, through the, the the Blizzard Peak stuff and the same thing was happening, there was a couple of races that I wasn't winning and then... um uh, I got to a couple of points and I'm winning. They've changed it as well. So, uh, the races now are done in three stages. So, where you're racing for fans in the main game, they say you don't, you've got enough fans now. Now we're racing for stars. And each race, uh, or most races, my apologies, have three stars that you can get. You earn the first star, which is easy just by competing in the race. You earn the second star, by competing in the race and winning, you earn the third star, which is the hard one. By, for example, competing the, in the race, winning the race, and getting six excellent drifts, or you know, in the next race, it might not be drifts; it might want you to hit six snowmen, yeah. or it may want you to get five uh, clean weight, clean racing awards. Yeah, whatever or it's like it some is,
1: some kind of challenge.
0: Yes. um... So, yeah, I've been getting two stars on quite a lot of them. When I had the right car that um, I was doing well in, I'd get three stars, no problem. Get to the final race, and the final race is... uh, Actually, I'm not going to tell you. (laughs) You do do the final race, and uh, I was coming... I came third, and I got close, and I made a mistake on the the second-to-last corner, and two cars overtook me, and I thought... No, I'm not finishing the race I'll, I'll restart and uh, so I restarted the race went through and again made the exact same bloody mistake uh, so I thought right I'll start again third time didn't make the mistake there made the mistake further on and lost uh, came second and I, it was late at night I thought I'll take the award that's fine so I tried it again tonight and uh, what I did uh, the last last time that I tried it as well I thought what I want to do is I want to box off this this DLC so I'll, I'll, I'll drop my um, excuse me I'll drop my difficulty level one down because um, I was getting a bit frustrated with it and I thought the object of the game is not to get frustrated it's to have fun so I'll drop yeah. it down a little bit
1: that's why I did I ended up
0: uh, one, one yeah so it was challenging again and I was having fun and the soundtrack's brilliant and Knocking shit out of the way. Won the race, thought brilliant, that's it. Little achievement comes up. No problem. Now it's just unlocked all this the exact same events, but they've now put them in championships. So I can go through all the events again and I'm racing in three uh, you know um, three t- three championship races. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you could still, I could still spend more time on this DLC. Um, and there was a thing that came up and I think total, total percentage of game played so far, 35%. I still, after all the time that I've put in Forza Horizon 3, it's saying that, you know, I've still got like 65% of the game to play. It's crazy. That is nuts. And, it's you know, games. at one point, I, yeah, after we finished our, game of the year um, you know I was kind of questioning some of my personal top 5 and then I seen that stat come up and I thought nah it's justified <laughs> purely on that alone just for the content and the amount of time that yeah. I've played, put into this game um, yeah absolutely brilliant so you should pick it up
1: yeah I to play more of a yeah. general that is that is a game that didn't work for well on my PC because <laughs> um, it's one right. of the, the microsoft's play anywhere things so
0: oh, yes yeah
1: i bought it digitally on the xbox one downloaded it on the pc it runs okay but it looks a lot nicer uh-huh. on the xbox one for what i can do i think from what i understand it's very cpu intensive and again that's the one bit i didn't upgrade so it's, yeah it's not great <laughs> yeah
0: uh, uh but yeah right, so just going through everything that we're going to talk about today, there's one game that we have been... I don't know if you've spoken about it before. Um, it's a puzzle game you've been wanting to play for a while, and that was The Witness.
1: Yeah, um, I've, I've brought up a couple of things. I've kind of been picking at it here and there. and Yeah. Um, I kind of played through another like that whole game is kind of split into areas where you'll kind of encounter certain types of puzzles and every time you go into an area um but they're all in this big open world and you just kind of naturally kind of find them by exploring they kind of direct you to where the start is you'll never walk into like the end of an area Um, Mm -hmm. they kind of naturally direct you to where the first one is and it'll be like oh there's this puzzle and you'll do the puzzle and it'll be something super simple it'll be you know all of them are line puzzles. It'll be, there's this big circle, you start, there's this little end bit, draw a line from the start to the end. You have to do a bunch of stuff in between, but you know, that's the the main rule that's consistent across everything. Um, and then different areas add different rules on top of that, and you'll find the first one and it'll show you a really basic version of it that the lines are designed in such a way that generally that's the only way you could draw the answer. Like, you, this pretty much uh-huh. all you can draw, like, you could only actually finish it. You can only get from the start to the end by doing whatever the little thing is. So, um, it's one of the kind of non spoiler ones, because one of the first ones is, uh, there'll be little, uh, black squares, or, and little white squares that you'll kind of find in, because all of these are little, kind of, all, they're all kind of like grid based, basically. So, they'll be in the little grid boxes that you're drawing lines around. And the very first one will show you that the only way you can draw a line separates both of those two. Like, it draws a line between right. the white square and the black square, telling you you need to separate the black square and the white square. And then the next one will be a little bit better, or a little bit more in-depth, where it'll be like, oh, um, you could do it two or three different ways, but they won't all work. So figure it out for yourself. And you know, I need to separate the white square and the black square, so you Draw the line, and you separate the black square and white square, and you win. And then you move on to the next one, and then it's like, oh, there's two black squares, two white squares. You need to do it, and then it kind of ramps up really naturally like that. And then it's like, oh no, there's Tetris blocks, and you're like, wait, what? Oh god, I don't know what's going on now. <laughs> <And> it's just <laughs> kind of. Um, but then also, all of the areas have like this kind of environmental, uh, like, tweak to them. So um, one of them being. I, can't, I don't want to spoil too much because part of it is just going into these areas and being like, man, this is really cool. Um, but I, I'll slightly spoil the area that I did because I think I did it out of order, which you can do. You can go to any area whenever you want. If you figure out the puzzle, you figure out the puzzles. It's not going to, right. It's not going to go, this is level one. Do it first. It's like, this is <laughs> technical level four, but you figured out the puzzle that opens the door to get you in. So you're probably all right. Um, right. Which is quite good. I quite like that. Um, so I did this one later than I think I was meant to, judging from like a couple of people that I know that have already played it, and they're like, "No, that's like the second place you go on." I was like, "But I've done like four. Oh no. Um, but the kind of gimmick of that area, which it feels bad to call it a gimmick because it's got such a kind of negative connotation, but you know the kind of the the environmental factor to that one is it's in a desert. And it's in this kind of like ruined... uh, I think it's like a church or something like that. It's like a a set of ruins, basically. And all of these puzzles are on these little kind of square screens. And you have to power... The main thing is that you have to power... uh, You have to complete a puzzle, and that sends power to the next puzzle. And you do that, and you chain them all the way to the end that powers a laser. And that's basically how you complete each area. Um, And all of these puzzles were impossible to tell like there was nothing on them except for just the regular grid and it's like okay well I don't know about to finish these And there's, there's nothing telling me there's no hints there's no anything that's bizarre but if you walk around a bit the sunlight will cause glare on the screen right and if you get the glare on the screen you can see a very perfect black line on it that goes from the start to the end and goes through in the way that you have to finish it, and it's like, oh fuck, okay, <laughs> that's really cool. And you just walk around like trying to get the right angles to figure out all of these puzzles, um, and then that area has three different floors that go further and further underground and have different twists on that mechanic. So it kind of it's not just settling with we have this cool line drawing puzzle mechanic, and then we added these cool gimmicky things on top. It's we had these cool line draw mechanics we added this thing on top then we made it more complex then we made it even more complex and it's really cool and it's one of those games that makes you feel really stupid when you get stuck on a puzzle for a while but then really smart when you eventually figure it out because generally um, there's only one puzzle I found in that game where I felt like it was once I figured out the solution to it I felt like I didn't Need, I didn't have kind of what I needed to solve it. Almost all of the puzzles in that game are like if you're finding it really hard to do something then it means you're probably overthinking it. Right. Like, like all of them are based on these really simple mechanics and the twists on them are really simple so it's if you aren't able to figure out odds are that you're overcomplicating yourself and you're like oh man maybe I need to do this this and it's like no like I don't know, like is sunlight bouncing off of things is there another way you can get You can, can you move somewhere else can you move the screen maybe that kind of stuff um, and yeah it's just really fucking cool I really like that game Um it's going to be like the talus principle for me I think where I just keep going back to every now and again then going through a set of the puzzles and going man I should have played all this before my game of the year because <laughs> it probably <laughs> would have made my list like every time I right. I, it's one of those games that when I get as I get further and further in, I keep think I keep realizing just how smart that game is. Um, yeah, so I I need to play way more of it, but yeah, that's the Witness. Um, it's really cool. Sure. Also, it's really pretty. It's really pretty as well. Um,
2: yes, um, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, the only game that's left on your list is Stardew Valley, which I didn't know you had.
0: Yeah, I picked this up. I think um, was it just at Christmas time where it came out. I, um, I bought it as it came out. So I, I
1: what system did you get it for? A PS4.
0: Yeah, so PS4 version lovely. just came out. By the the Xbox One version came out yeah. a bit earlier. Yeah. Uh, so I picked it up for a PS4, and so. I don't like it as much as I thought I was going to. Ah,
1: oh, that's a shame.
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of bizarre. So, Stardew Valley for anyone that hasn't played it, it's one of these a, a bit like Don't Starve. It's one of these survival games. Mm-hmm. Um, except this time you are working on a farm and you've inherited a farm and you're building it. You know, you need to go and clear the land and chop down all the trees and. Uh, pull out all the weeds and then hoe the garden and plant stuff and um I just, I'm struggling to get into it. I've started two different games and then both times I've made the mistake of it says to go and visit somebody. So I go and visit somebody, then I get lost <laughs> and I can't get back to my farm and uh-huh. then I'm walking and I get tired and I don't know how to fix it and I'm thinking, right either I keep doing something really stupid or you haven't you know there's not you're, there's no tutorial you know or there's not you're not making it mic proof Um <laughs> I just seem to yeah I think I could possibly be doing something silly with it and just not
1: it's, it's possible it happens to all of us I, yeah, I... I've seen like they're in a kind of rave about that game and love it and I think it looks really cool but mm-hmm. It looks like Harvest Moon and Animal Crossing and those style of games and... Yes. I, 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 again, always like the idea of those games but I find Animal Crossing really fucking boring. Same with Harvest Uh, Moon. They're just so dull. I just can't play them. Yeah. So even though this looks like a really cool one of those, it's also still one of those.
0: Yeah, so I haven't played... I don't think I've ever played Harvest Moon... And Animal Crossing just did not appeal the the yeah. art style of it, but you know the obviously the you know the whole look after a farm and stuff like that. I thought that could be quite cool. Yeah. Um, and that's why I went with this one because it was you know the like you say the internet have r- has raved raved about <laughs> it. We know people. Um, somebody that's been on the show countless times, Ali. Ali would go on about this for ages. You. I'm sure there's a podcast that we've done with him and he's just spoke about Stardew Valley for a while. Um and I just couldn't no. Um I'll try it again because it wasn't cheap. I think it was was it fourteen, fifteen pounds if Somewhere, as much yeah, as yeah. that. Yeah. Um so I'll I'll probably give it another bash and see how I get on, but nah. I feel uh,
1: like in a lot of ways, um it's like this year's Undertale where if you like it, you're going to fucking love it. It's going to be the thing that yes. sticks with you. It's that little indie game that over-delivers in a lot of ways. It's super awesome. And then if it doesn't, you're going to be sitting there like man, everyone seems to really like this game. Is it me? Is, is it me or is it, some, is, this, is it someone with the game? Is, ah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I've kind of just avoided it just because I know I don't like that kind of game. It's
0: Right. Yeah. So, yeah, that's about as much as I, you know, I don't, I haven't played it enough. I think to say it's horrible because it's not horrible. It looks really nice, and it's, it's just it's not for me. I think. yeah it's just so, not clicking. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just kind of leave it at that. So, um, you have uh, one of the other things that you bought was uh, Quantum Break.
1: Oh yeah, so this was,
0: see this what was you a... thought of this.
1: This was another Windows sale, Windows Store sale, uh, test out the upgraded PC to see how well it runs kind of thing. Um, yeah. It runs pretty good. Can't quite max it. I can, it's weird. It has this setting where it has a, a resolution scaling where it renders at a lower resolution, then scales it up, which is how the Xbox One version works. And if I turn it on, I can turn all the other settings up to you know full, and it will run really solid, really high frame rate. But it looks kind of weirdly blurry, the same way that the Xbox One version does. Um, Where most of the time it's fine, I think it looks really good most of the time even with that. Uh, The bit that looks really fucked up is usually like people's hair. Like people's hair looks like weirdly gross around the edges,
2: (laughs) Um,
1: which which I found when I saw some of the gameplay of the Xbox One version as well like that was just how that game looks but other than that it looks really good Um, I'm only a few missions in but I that game is a lot more fast paced shooter than I thought it was going to be because everything I saw about it before made it look like it was a cover based shooter and if you take cover in that game you're playing it wrong because (laughs) right okay Because you have so many of these, like, they just throw time superpowers at you so quickly that it's like, why would you ever take cover? Because you just throw this slow-mo grenade and nothing will come through it and shoot you and you can shoot everyone really quickly. Or you can just put down a time shield. Like never need to take cover because you just make a shield in front of you um, <laughs> or you've got like, like all of them seem to be things like that um, there's the time shield, there's the grenade and then there's the, um, the dash that you use and then when you uh, aim out of a dash everything goes into slow motion for a little bit and it's like okay well all of these things are about manoeuvrability and kind of keeping yourself away from enemies so you can gun them down piece by piece rather than you know kind of taking cover and popping over and shooting people. Um which I'm really enjoying that. That the combat is really fun. Um I although I don't actually think the shooting of the guns themselves feels very good. Uh but I think everything else about it kind of makes up for that. Like all the different time powers are really cool to chain together in really awesome ways. Um the the story seems really good. So far, again I'm only a couple of missions in, so I don't really know. It might be right. complete garbage very quickly. Um I think did you finish Quote and Break or did you just
0: Um No, I got halfway through and uh, the only reason I stopped playing was um yeah, I, I got ill and it's yeah. just sat there. It's one of the things I need to get back to. Yeah. But yeah. I did I, I did really enjoy it. Yeah,
1: well, I, I'm really enjoying this so far. Um, the one thing I'll say is, did you watch the, the like the TV show episodes as you were playing? Like, the yes, one... I did. Yeah. What did you think of those?
0: Um, they're not the best, but I I, <laughs> I, I do I do like the idea of them. Um, I like
1: the idea. I don't really like the execution of them. Cause yes. it's weird. Yeah, cause, like, I think that's they're, the... they're pretty well acted. Like, they're, they're alright. They're, yes. they're like, you know, they're, everyone's overacting like crazy, but I can appreciate that. I like sci-fi shows. And by sci-fi, I mean SY, FY, you know, like the channel, not the. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, the bad produced stuff. Exactly. I like that stuff. Um, But the bet where it falls apart for me is that none of the, I think, I've only seen two of them so far, but neither of those episodes have anything relevant to the story of the game in it. Like the first cut, the first one is half an hour of like the guy that works in the PR thing setting up a PR thing. I guess the decision you make changes what you see. But I I made the choice that well we're gonna PR our way out of this. Us going into this university and gunning people down, which doesn't make any right. sense. But okay. Um and so like the episode is large parts of this guy that's handling the PR strategy handling PR strategy and digging up dirt on people and then parts of it about this weird security guard going about doing stuff but like none of it actually seems to be eh, like connected to the main story of the game much apart from the fact that they're in the world of it Um those characters are referenced in the game slightly uh, uh-huh. but it feels a bit forced um Yeah. Um, I don't know, maybe it'll get better as it goes further on, but that the first two were I don't know. I ended up skipping through sections of them. Like where I was like skipping scene to scene because they were very clearly not doing anything.
0: Right. <laughs> um Yeah, I I do like the whole idea of it. It's not the best in execution but I've seen worse.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think these need to be shorter. I think if they had made them shorter, they'd be good. And I know they wanted to do the full, you know, TV show episode thing, so they're half an hour long. But if those were like fifteen minutes and the same content, they would be way better. Yeah. Um, and like a good kind of case example of that is, uh, in the TVs in the world, if you turn them on, there's the Alan Wake TV show in it. Yes which is great it's so much better than the TV show they made for Quantum
0: Break <laughs> um, yeah I there's a, a couple of neat touches as well where you find a, Alan Wake's books all around the yeah. place as well
1: I love that stuff it does make me a bit yeah. sad that we might not ever get another Alan Wake game but you know Quantum Break is actually really good so I'm over that yeah I would
0: like um,
1: a new Alan Wake though I think it was great.
0: Yeah, um, I would, you wouldn't find me complaining. Yeah. Cool. Um, so, you have also played, uh, you played a demo.
1: I did play a demo. Uh, I actually played a couple of demos, but I only put one of them on here. Um, right. But yeah, I played the Nier Automata demo, which is, a sequel to Nier, which is a PS3 game I never played, but I was meant to, um, it had a very yeah, good same, yeah. it was like a spin off of Drakengard which I also have never played any of those games um, but I heard really good things about Nier I heard it was like an action RPG where the combat was pretty clunky but the story was really good and I was like that sounds like my kind of thing never got around to it um, the new one is being made by Platinum Games so uh-huh. it's an action RPG where the combat is all bayonetta or Devil May Cry, you know, whatever your favourite reference point is for it. Um, Yeah. Which is great. It it just, the demo plays amazingly. Um, It does some really cool things with the the kind of structure of levels where there's a lot of camera stuff where, like, you'll be running around, you know, Devil May Cry style, and then you go into another area and the camera will just be kind of side-on 2D. And you'll still be playing it, and it'll kind of lock you to that 2D plane, but you'll be still pulling off all your Devil May Cry chains and stuff like that. Um, right. Or oh, there's another section where it goes top down for a bit, and it's almost kind of Diablo-ish, but again, with all your Devil May Cry combat. Um, and it's all just really cool. Um, can't really tell much about the story from it, because it was a demo of, you know, what was essentially a JRPG, and it's platinum. So it was all nonsense. There's a robot. There's a robot <laughs> lady. There's a robot lady that has a blindfold on, and there's a robot guy that has a blindfold on. And then the robot guy has a jetpack, which seems pretty unsafe to fly with a blindfold on, but he does anyway. Um, <laughs> and then the robot. The one thing I found really cool, um, other than just the fact that it's really fun in general. Uh, it's really silly but really cool little thing is your main character is a robot and you can go into there's like, because it's got all these RPG hooks so there's a bunch of equipment and stuff like that that you can equip and you don't really get any to equip in the game or in the demo Um, but you can still go into those menus and look at them pretty much Um, but you can unequip stuff and one of the things you can unequip is your robot's operating system right and then you die and get a game over (laughs) (laughs) okay which is really good I don't know if there's maybe a point in the game where that's actually going to be a thing or if it's just a funny little joke but right yeah Yeah, it's so silly (laughs) Uh, but yeah Neurotomata. I'm super excited for that game I was kind of I wasn't sceptical before because Platinum almost always deliver like you know they've had a couple of bad licensed things but you know for the most part their games are pretty great um so yeah I'm super excited for this new one
0: cool uh, you have also played fighting games uh,
1: damn right I have
0: yes uh, and again yeah what is it with you you and fighting games you're a bit like me with fighting games you play them kind of solo um, more recently I've yeah, been playing them
1: online but yeah
0: oh have you Yeah.
2: right well, okay. but anyway <laughs>
1: yeah Continue. But anyway,
0: tell us thought. about Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. <laughs> okay, well, Jojo's yes. so Bizarre Adventure
1: for Star is also not really. It's, it is a fighting game, but it's more like the kind of, you know, 3D uh, brawler style, like the kind of Power Stone style game. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, like Half of Pockin, and uh, like that J Stars game. If I it's by the same developers as that J Stars game that I mentioned a while ago. Um, oh yeah, but this one is entirely characters from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, which is an incredibly long-running manga and anime series about the Joestar family. Um, which is bizarre to say the least. I don't know how to explain <laughs> I... that anime at all. Um, <laughs> but the game has like a crazy amount of characters because, again, the anime anime has been running for a few years and is on oh god what's it on it's on arc 4 I think the latest one the manga is on is arc 9 right and at some point along the way they rebooted the entire universe and killed everyone so there's more characters from that but then also every arc basically has like a dozen characters they introduce um so yeah there's a shit ton of characters in this game <laughs> and they all play differently which is kind of cool well they, they play very similarly but they have very different like attacks and stuff like that they can use um I, yeah I mainly just wanted to bring it up just because it's, it's really dumb and really fun um and I've been watching a lot of that anime recently so <laughs> I started playing the game um, ah fair enough and then learn. I think I brought this up before, but I learned that the game's story takes place like after the point I'm in. It's like the end of the third arc and I'm just starting to watch the third arc now, so... I <laughs> don't But also, I started playing some of the story and the story is nonsense because they have to they have to connect. They made their own story. It's not just like the Dragon Ball Z games usually do where they You know, you're playing through the Cell Saga, the Frieza Saga, whatever. It's Uh you're playing through this unique story they wrote for the game, which connects all of the characters from all the different timelines. So there's a bunch of like characters interacting with like younger versions of themselves and things like that in it that's (laughs) nonsense. So stupid.
0: Right. Um,
1: (laughs) And then there's a bunch of like weird censoring of names, which is really good because like in all good kind of uh, like 80s anime all of the characters are named after different American British kind of rock stars and stuff right. um, well not all of them but you know a lot of them so there's uh, there's a character that was called Wham originally and he's called Whamu instead which is <laughs> definitely different um, there's uh, it wasn't really censorship because they did it in the original show as well but uh, there's a character called Robert Eo Speedwagon.
0: Oh God! Which is
1: really good. He's a really good character. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh God, I'm gonna try think of one of the more egregious kind of name changes. Um, there was a character called Vanilla Ice that they just right. renamed to Cool Ice. Uh huh.
0: Um,
1: weirdly, not like a, a kind of music really. The one really. Or in terms of censorship lease, there's there was a guy called there was a character in it called uh Weather Report who has been renamed <laughs> to Weather Forecast. And I don't I don't know. Don't know why. why. It's weird. It's like a weird translation thing, I think. Um but yeah, that game's that game's really awesome. It's it's silly. I don't think it's really worth playing at all if you've never watched the show or have any interest in the show, but right. it's definitely kind of it's it's the it's good if you're a fan like the Dragon Ball Z games kind of I guess, um or those Naruto ones, yeah. But yeah, it's it's not very in depth. Like it's not that's why I'm kind of saying it's not really much of a fighting game. It's very button mashy um more about doing these kind of flashy hits and stuff like that and doing all the attacks from the show, um. Although annoyingly, there's a character in it called Dio, who is like one of the main villains. And in the anime, one of his most iconic things, and in the manga I guess, one of his most iconic things is his uh, oh god. I don't know, I don't know how to describe the of Jojo. And one of the things they introduced is that most of the characters have these things called stands that are kind of like personas in persona. and persona. In fact, like one of the Persona fighting games basically ripped right. off, like that Persona fighting game that Arc System works was basically a clone of uh, an older Jojo's Bizarre Adventure fighting game where the personas work the same way as Stans worked in the Jojo game so they have Stans that all do different things. Dio's one lets him freeze time and one of the most iconic things that he has done in the anime and the manga is he freezes time and then like flies off and comes back and drops a steamroller on someone (laughs) and so like every game has had that as a special attack where you'll do a special attack and it'll freeze time and then Dio just drop a steamroller on someone (laughs) it's nonsense (laughs) um but that's not in this, and that makes me really sad about this game. So I can't really recommend it to JoJo's Bizarre Adventure fans.
0: Alright. <laughs> that's
1: my JoJo's Bizarre Adventure rant. Right. It's really good. Fair enough. The anime's really cool. good. Cool. Um, Excellent. Yeah. So we move on to the board game stuff.
0: Yes, yeah, let's talk about some board games.
1: Tell me about the brand new hit game, Mike. The newest of the newest. Pandemic. The newest.
0: (laughs) Excellent. Yeah, so we touched on this when we were recording the Game of the Year stuff that I'd uh, picked up a copy of Pandemic Iberia. Uh, So Pandemic Iberia is a special edition of Pandemic and the reason it's been brought out now I might get this wrong but as far as I remember correctly the reason it's out is because the pandemic world championships are going to be held in somewhere in spain this year i think it is it uh, would be somewhere in the iberian peninsula bro- which sense. is why they've brought out pandemic iberia so the game is set back in uh the is it 1700s or 1800s um and you are in the iberian peninsula so you know a little bit of portugal um most of spain and you are fighting historic diseases um and uh so a couple of changes to the game you can't fly anywhere because there's no there's no airplanes that makes sense um so uh one of the other things that you can do as well is that you can build railways so you can on the map as normal you can travel from city to city and uh you know it costs one action to move from one city to the next but if there are um, railway tracks connecting one city to another it only costs one action to get from that city to the other traveling along the rail if it's unbroken bits of rail okay,
1: okay.
0: right Is so this if you game can get connect-
1: ticket to ride
0: um no, <laughs> it's got that little bit of it. So yeah. you know, one of your new actions is you can you can lay train tracks. Yeah, um. But like Pandemic, you know, you've got different roles, and one of the roles that you can get in uh, Pandemic Iberia is the railwayman. So the railway the railwayman his special ability is that when it comes to building uh, or laying railway tracks, he can lay the railway track the same as everyone else. So that is you can put uh one railway track leaving the city that you're in on any of the roads that are there um so you can do that but his special ability is you can do that one and then one that follows on to that you know so if uh, for example you are in uh Albufeira and you've got a train track going from Albufeira to Madrid uh, now that's physically impossible. I'm just making up <laughs> names that are on the board, but say Albufeira to Madrid and you put one piece of track that connects them and then you can go Madrid to Barcelona. Um, you know, All so that idea, action. you play- yeah, so you're placing two, two tracks instead mm-hmm. of one that, that anyone else can normally do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you can now travel along the rail. The other thing that you can do that makes it a little bit easier to get around is um, there are towns all along the coast and they're all harbours, they're all ports. And you can travel between any port town on the board for one action. That's good. You just, yeah. Um, And I'd forgotten about that and I probably would have done better in my game if I hadn't. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So the other action, uh, so you can do the, They've changed the travel so you can travel by boat along any of the outside. Of, so any of the towns and any of the towns on the outside of the board, you can get around them that way. Um, and then inland you build this rail network and you can travel on that way. Mm-hmm. Then, uh, you can also do a water purification action. So for this action, what you need to do is you need to discard a city of uh color that, that you uh, of a color or the region that you're in and you get two of these tokens. These tokens are then placed within, um, all the towns are connected by roads, you know, and yeah. if you place, uh, if you place these tokens inside the area that the roads make, you know, so you've got the towns and they're connected by roads inside the, there might be like a square or a triangle that connects all those roads. Does mm. that, yeah, that make makes sense? sense? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so you put those tokens in there and that means when it comes to the infection time, if you have to place a cube on any of the towns where those tokens are, you can discard one of the tokens instead. Okay, that's cool. Yep, so quite handy. And you'll be wondering, why do I need that? What do I need that for? Well, the reason that you need that is uh, because that the diseases can't be wiped out in pandemic iberia uh,
1: so they always come back
0: yeah they always come back once you've cu- once you've researched them so you what you're doing this time is you're not curing the disease you're researching them because they're historic diseases that still okay. exist there's yellow fever there's malaria there's cholera and there's i forget what the fourth one is but you've got these these diseases the idea is you research and your research spreads. So to win the game, all you have to do, the same as normal pandemic, you research these, but you you don't ever, you know, stop putting those cubes out on, on the table. Yeah. You um, kind of,
1: you're more spreading awareness about the disease rather than
0: Yeah Yeah. And uh because you're pure you're you know, you're purifying water yeah. as well.
1: So you're not wiping um, it out, you're kind of just telling people like here's how to avoid getting it. Yes.
0: Yeah. Um, the the other change as well is so in regular pandemic or pandemic legacy uh, when you cure a disease you do it at a research centre yeah. and a uh, normal pandemic starts off with you having a one research centre which is the CDC in Atlanta mm-hmm. um, in, uh, I had no idea know, that's
1: why that was in Atlanta
0: Oh, did you not? The Center (laughs) for Disease Control.
1: (laughs) I had no idea. I was like, I just, I don't know, I assumed it was where like the developer was based or something. I don't know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, excellent. Um, but, (laughs) so, um, in a pan, well, in Iberia at that time, there would have been no such thing as like a Center for Disease Control. So what you need to do is you need to build hospitals. There's none, you don't have a starting one up. So you, you build hospitals. So you need to build the four hospitals, you know, one of each color before you can research the disease as well. Uh. So a lot, a lot of neat things and the game is quite difficult. Um, I don't know if it's a case of, I don't think I've ever played a game of pandemic, you know, the first time, uh, and won. I've never won my first game of pandemic. So I've, I, I didn't win my first game of Pandemic Cthulhu and I did, I, this was my first game of Pandemic Iberia and I didn't win that as well. I think that's a good thing though. So the, the elements are that they've added to this game are enough that it's, it makes it a little bit fresh. There's a couple of new things to do and it's not dead easy. Yeah. You know, I, so I played solo and I played with two, two players. Which is the easiest way to play pandemic because you get four cards each um if you add you know if you're playing with three players or four players you've got more characters that can do different things and varied actions, but the it's harder to get the cards that you need you know it takes a little more time yeah it's um, to spread
1: up between more people and also there's more infection phases happening
0: yeah um I got screwed man jeez i it just i just got Completely and utterly done in. But yeah, it was it was good. Um, So I want to play it again. I want to play it with. uh, I want to do it myself as well. um, But I want to play it with uh, more people too. Cool. So um, yeah. Feels good. Uh, Yeah, you should check it out. Um, It's it's quite expensive, um, but it is a limited edition. It's not yeah. numbered though, which I thought was quite weird. You know, so they've said it's a limited edition, but they haven't said how many they're, go- they're going to make of the game. Yeah, so, so like it might just be you know, not that limited. it might be, yeah, it might be a case of yeah, we're going to continue making it till March and then we'll stop it. Yeah,
1: it's going to get a know, of reprints, so- but
0: not many. Yeah, so if you are interested in it, I would definitely suggest it. It does look very good. The production values I like because it's you know in the nineteenth-century Iberia. What they've done is the disease cubes. Instead of them being those nice little plastic clear cubes, uh-huh. they've went for old-school wooden cubes. That's
2: really I good. Just, like, yeah, it it like just
1: wooden
0: components. It, yeah, it it just makes the game. It wouldn't feel right with those snazzy, you know. Oh
1: yeah, definitely the little kind of gummy-looking.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um. Thing. Yes, yeah. Um, there is also a couple of things that you can do as well. So, if you want uh, what they call historic challenges, you can play where um, the cubes represent—they um, don't represent the disease; they represent patients with the disease. Okay. And what they're doing is um, the people with the disease are are sick, and on so on your turn, you do everything as you would normally do but the final thing that you do after you've done infection is the diseased cubes or the, the now the people actually migrate from where they are and they're moving to the hospitals and if too many people get to the hospitals they you know they, they everything havoc. becomes over, overcrowded yeah and it causes havoc um, that sounds really okay. which is yeah, um, the other thing that you can do is you can play with the historic diseases. So you know how I said the four diseases were, um, I named three of them, uh cholera, yellow fever, malaria, and oh, I can't remember. But yeah, um, there's a, a card for each of those. So at the beginning of your game, you can add this in. You can say, right, we're actually going to play with malaria. And malaria has a special effect of... Uh one of them the, the black disease i can't remember which one they use is the black disease in the game but uh every time you place an infection cube from the you know the infection deck when you turn the infection infection deck over instead of placing one cube you place two and every other disease has a, a modifying factor so you can play with all four historic diseases which would be mental or you can play with uh you know just one you can pick one at random yeah um so those little things you can add to the game as well and also it comes with a really snazzy art book
1: ah that sounds cool it's
0: uh yeah it's um concept art you would really like it uh it's it's a little six or eight page it's nothing it's not big it's not fancy it's you know but it's it's just a really neat thing it looks like a like a paper leaflet you know like a, a six page leaflet when you when you see it and then you open it up and it's really high quality paper that everything's printed on just looks really nice it's a nice little thing to go with the game um funny. yeah it's a it's a little art book that goes with the game rather than an art book you would leave on the coffee table yeah or under the um, coffee table
1: if you're like me Oh, yeah um, yes I have, yeah I literally <laughs> have a massive pile of those things
0: yeah so it's it is really cool um Definitely, you should check it out. Yeah. Um
1: oh, yeah. I will try it. And that uh, and the Cthulhu one that came out like last year seemed like a good year for spin-offs of Pandemic.
0: Yes, yes. Um, I think uh, what we should do is we should definitely play have a, a Pandemic Game Day. That's and definitely we'll play, yeah. Play those. There's definitely enough of them as well. Start a fresh build uh, legacy. Yes. <laughs> 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 I, listen, don't joke. I would be fully up for that. <laughs> We haven't finished. Uh, me and my
1: girlfriend haven't finished our current one yet. Yeah, <laughs> on.
0: Well, you, you need to hurry up. And then maybe what we should do is you go in and get um season two, which they'll get, which some people are saying is going to come out this year. Yeah, I definitely. So pick we should
1: that
0: up if it comes definitely copy of that. Yeah. Um, but you have been playing a, a game. I'm curious to see how you got on with um scythe. Yeah. I
1: played uh, Scythe uh, by myself, single player against the ot- the automa, uh, which because I've been playing near, I keep wanting to call it the automata, which is annoying. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> and
1: um, I really enjoyed it. It's it works really well as a single player thing. That that automa system has is just really cool thing where. you're drawing cards and the cards are split in a way that makes it really easy to kind of understand what the Automa is doing every turn Um, and I was playing on the easiest difficulty so I won because uh, the Automa skips a lot of turns on the easiest difficulty Um, there's a little icon at the start of it that basically just says if this is there don't do anything for Automa this turn he takes a break, he's thinking about stuff yeah, and it's like okay, that's fair. Let's take it easy on me this first time. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, the it's what we've talked about safe a little bit before. Um, it's yeah, it's weird because it looks like a war game, but it's, it's not. It's a it's got some degree of area control involved in it, but it's actually this kind yes. of engine building thing where you're trying to create a a little faction that met, basically you're trying to be the not necessarily even the first one, but you're trying to hit be the first one to hit six goals. Doesn't matter what those six goals are, you're trying to hit six of them before someone else does. Yeah. Um and that those are things like be the most powerful person on the board, which you get by, you know, just storing up power. Um be like the the you get your popularity to full. Which you again yeah. you get just by storing up popularity. So you can do different things to Raise popularity every turn and things like
0: yep. that. Yeah, yeah. Build um, your, build all your mix. Exactly,
1: yeah, yeah. Build all your yep. mix gets you a star. Um, uh, you get one for you can. I think you can get a maximum of one for combat.
0: Ah, uh, yes, you can get unless one one for winning one combat.
1: Yeah, unless you're uh the the the. Let's to see Germans, the, but not the Germans. The no,
0: it's not the. Is it the Russians?
1: No, I'm pretty sure it is the, Russian, uh, the Germans but it's not... they're not called Germany because it's... Oh, the
0: Maybe
1: Yeah, but um, yeah. But yeah, they have the ability to... they can just fight people. So yeah. they can get... I don't think they can get unlimited. They get two stars for it. Um, yes. But they can also get unlimited stars for objectives, which everyone starts the game with two objective cards. And yes. Most, all yeah, the other so factions can, can only complete
0: and- one of them. Um, yes, and they the can, and they can complete both of their objectives.
1: Yeah, which I did during my game. Um, All right, cool. just because I got shuffled, they were really similar to each other. Um, they were. One of them was uh, control the factor, control the factory at the end of your turn. Which the factory is like a little space in the middle of the board that, when you first get go there, you get a factory card, which basically gives you one extra option for things you can do every turn. Yeah, um, which I really like that. I didn't see that the first time we played. Um, that's a cool mechanic I really like that Um, and then uh, it was control the factory um, at the end of your turn and have zero upgrades and then the other one was oh god I can't remember what that was it was something else that was kind of factory related Um, so I managed to do both of them within a couple of turns of each other uh and it, it was good. I, I'm gonna try it out with kind of with the harder AI sentence at some point because it was very easy against that kind of level of AI. Um, All right. Okay. But I felt I needed to play through it that way, if nothing else, to learn how it works because I roughly knew how the main mechanics of Scythe work because they they make it very simple. Like it's it looks incredibly complicated, and then they make it super simple for you because you basically have a little board in front of you that is like, it's basically your control panel. You know? Yeah. You basically have four buttons you can press every turn. Like, you can press one of them every turn and do the actions on it from top to bottom. Like, that is basically that whole game. And then it's more about building strategy using those, those actions. And then again, eventually you get the factory card which gives you a fifth one of those actions. Um which becomes super useful because all of the factory cards have the ability to move a unit two spaces on it and so you end up with this usually you could you can't choose the same uh, part of your board two turns in a row so you could either move units a turn or you could move a units turn right. but then you have to do something else the next turn but then if you have your factory card you can just keep moving units every turn and you can just spread out across the board really quickly um which is really cool. Uh the AI the way that like the Ultima stuff works is you're shuffling these cards and drawing them and they go step by step and explain kinda of how to like what the AI is doing. Um and yeah. that bit took me quite a little bit to get used to because the rulebook for that's very separate and how the Ultima works is very different from how the players control. Um Yeah. Like it has a lot of kind of not unique rules, but kind of just certain mechanics that it kind of ignores. So things like, um, the start of the game, the Ultima can't cross water, which is the same for the regular players as well, but regular players usually build a mech very quickly that allows them to cross water. Um, mm-hmm. the Ultima, after a certain amount of set, like a set period of time, um, will be able to cross water and it's not restricted. Um so for players only mechs and characters can move across water and then they can pick up and carry workers across water, but workers can't just move across water unless you're the yeah. Norse. Uh the Ultima don't give a yes. shit about that and they're just like, nah, everyone crosses water. Um for players, uh only the character, which is like Big, unique kind of miniature that every uh, faction has one of can activate the the campfires, the kind of uh, the little cool um, encounter cards. Uh, oh,
0: the encounters.
1: Yeah. Yep. Um, and again for the the Ultima, every single one of them can pick up, but they don't actually get the bonus from it. They just basically, if they encounter they just... one, they stop you from getting it.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: Um. And then the way, and also trying to like get used to figuring out how the movement for the Altima works was kind of a weird way because there's a weird amount of thinking you have to do about where to actually move the Altima's units for yeah. it. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah.
1: But you kind of you you it clicks after certain point, but it's things like. Um,
0: it <gasps> makes sense, yeah, I because think... it's the way that they've built the AI is that they, they tell you that AI it wants to capture the factory.
1: Yeah. So it sprawls out, but it's primarily moving towards the factory. So yeah. you see it kind of expand out in every way. And the way the, the rules that they explain for it, which I was doing it wrong for the first few rounds, that's um, why I, I misread part of it, and I thought it said that the units closest to the the main base will be the ones that move first, unless they they can't move. But it's actually the opposite. Right. They, they move from the outside, and then everything kind of moves and kind of flows out um, to make space because units can't move. Uh, units can't or won't move if there's uh, other ally units around them. So they yes. won't they won't move onto the same space as each other unless. No. I think Anyway, I think mechs can, but, like, the mechs can because they pick other players up and stuff like that. But right. for the most part, like, generally the AI stuff is just, like, yeah. I think it gets overridden if it's something like, if you get, like, a mech uh, attack command, they will move into the attack position, which will kind of override their thing of saying ignore where workers are and stuff like that because they'll just move yeah. through them. Um, yes. Yeah. Which is, is a weird thing you have to think about a little bit, but then again, it does eventually kind of click, and you're just kind of going, "Okay, this card says I have to move one of the workers for the the Ultima, so this worker." Moves yeah. Because it makes sense.
0: Yeah. One of the things that I found a bit weird to get my head around was that I would pick a card, and it would say, "Right, uh, you know, the, the he the character is moving onto the factory," Um and I had I had my character uh, my character on the factory but it wasn't a conflict card so then what it does is it go it surrounds the factory <sighs> but what, the way that I had it was I had my guy on the factory and I I occupied all the bits around it because I wanted the resources yeah and it it makes sense when you think of oh well if it was a human playing you know they would edge towards it and they're not they're not really looking to do combat at the moment yeah. um yeah i was just trying to get my head around it which i thought was a bit weird because you're just reading on this card instead of thinking what the card yeah is, you know i think um, you, you want but the over it does that it works something. really well Wait. Yes. Like yeah. your
1: brain kind of automatically goes there. It's automatically like, well, I, you know, it's like a player's so just going through this, this, and this. And then you're like, no, it's not even it's not that complicated. It, it just <laughs> has to move. It just has to move. It just wants to move. It's a dumb robot that just wants to expand out and eat everything. Um, yes. Which is neat. I, I think it, it does work really well. Um, and I like that at a certain part of the game, the cards flip and they just have different things at the bottom of them that are kind of going to fuck you up a bit more they kind of become yes. a bit more aggressive in the second half of the game and they'll move more and they'll get more resources and that's actually the bit that I found the most difficult about it and I didn't find it very difficult because I, again I ended up beating it relatively easily um, but almost all of those cards have a thing on them that says like uh, the ottoman gains a coin and then when the cards flip it's like they gain two or three coins like every turn. Yes. And coins are points at the end of the game. They are victory points. And the Osman doesn't yes. spend coins on anything, so it is just accumulating coins over every single turn, which the player yeah. is most definitely not doing.
0: No, no. <laughs> uh, um, but then so how,
1: how did?
0: Oh, sorry. Oh, no, sorry, carry on.
1: I was just saying, and then at the end of the game, you get a bunch of coins for completing certain objectives and stuff like that, for, certain, yeah. for getting stars and things.
0: Yeah. So how did you? How was your score at the end? Did you beat it quite convincingly, or?
1: Yeah, it was quite. Um, I think it it had. Uh, somewhere in kind of like the mid to high thirties for its score. Right. Um, but part of that, like I, I tried to rearrange it a bit because I did the movement wrong for the first few turns, so it probably would have spread out a bit more and got a few more coins for because uh, you get coins for the number of positions you hold at the end of the game Uh um, yes it probably would have got a few more for that but i ended up being it by like 20 or so coins or something like that it was
0: it yeah was pretty i fun, think yeah. i did the same as well yeah. so i thought you know i'm thinking the same as you next time i play it i'm gonna choose i think there's three difficulty levels
1: yeah something like that i think no there's
0: yeah is
1: there three. i think there's No, there's actually one. more there's, a, there's yeah. a like super hard one um and then there's one that I don't think has a card. I think it's just in the rulebook. It's just like don't play it this way. What's wrong with you? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's one that the there's one that the description in the rulebook just which you've pointed out before. But I really like the rulebooks. Just have like notes from the developers of the game on it. Um, and one of them just says like, oh, the testers found like the hardest difficulty. They managed to beat it a few times, so we made a harder one. It's like okay, fine. Yeah. Evil. Terrible human beings. Um, but yeah, I really like that. I'm gonna play again. Um, I'm trying to play a few more kind of solo games to, uh, to play more board games. Really, I just want to play more. Um, yeah, I don't I'm, really get to play board games that much.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of the same. So, um, if you're looking to, and um, you know, anyone that's listening as well, and and fancies uh, more solo board games. Anything that's kind of cooperative, yeah, as a general rule of thumb, can be played solo. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think then the you, you know... for
1: like, pandemic for that, I guess.
0: Um. Well, pandemic. Just think of it. that uh, You know, you could play Pandemic Legacy solo. You just instead of you know whoever you're playing it with controlling the characters, you just control them.
1: Yeah, I guess that makes sense. You just play two characters.
0: Yeah, or you can you know you can play as five if you want five, or you yeah. you know as many as you want. Two is probably better. Um,
1: yeah, because it's a bit easier anyway. Never mind if you're controlling. Yeah. It. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. But I, so, I do. I think you're
2: going
1: to lose
0: something
1: there yeah. though. Yeah. 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 And so um, yeah. I picked up cool. uh. Oniram, but I've not actually played it yet. But that was one that's been recommended as a kind of really good solo game. So yes. I'll probably talk about yeah. that one next week. About
0: cool. Um,
1: but for this week, you've played the one of the worst named games I've ever fucking seen. Like, Jesus oh Christ. Oh, God, yes. Oh, my God, Mike. Called Hit Zeroed.
0: Yes, Hit Um Hit Road is. Uh... I played it solo, so we're talking about solo games. Oh, cool. um, it's a game that I played solo. It does. It's not a cooperative game, but it does have a solo yeah. mode. Um, I'm going to try, and I'm going to turn you. The it's got a horrible, horrible name, and so I'm going to try and get you, convince you to like this game. Um, the first thing, the first thing I'll tell you about it is that it is by the designer Martin Wallace. So, Martin Wallace is the guy that did uh, the Discworld games. So, he did mm-hmm. Discworld and Mopoc and he also did The Witches. Uh, and he has via done.
1: As well.
0: okay. Yes, he did Via Nebula. Yeah, and he's done loads of other games, but Via Nebula and the Discworld games yeah. are the games that kind of we've played. Um, but he did uh, Brass, which is a famous game, Age yeah. of Steam. There's you know all of these heavy euro games um a study in emerald and things like that really really well known and mm-hmm. respected games but yes he's done this game called um hit Z Road. Mm-hmm. hit Z Road is a zombie game oh, uh I really so, it's yeah uh <laughs> in the zombie apocalypse um and the idea of the game is that uh you control yourself uh which is the lead survivor and you get four other survivors so survivors in your party and what happens is it's a game for up to 4 players and there are a choice of four paths four roads and each uh each path consists of two cards and on every card in the game uh the game has um three levels of cards a bit like um splendor uh-huh you know, you you've got three you, know, you the first level cards, second level cards and third level cards. Um in Splendor the first level cards are quite cheap, the second ones are a little bit more expensive to you to buy, and the third ones are ridiculous levels of gems that you need to buy these cards. Uh and therefore get the the victory points. Hit Road is a little a little bit like that as well. Um but every card has uh, three things that you can do on it. The first thing that you will have on it is, um, resources that you're going to scavenge and pick up. Uh, every card has resources on it. There's three resources in the game. There's ammunition. There is, there's fuel and there is also adrenaline. Uh, mm-hmm. ammunition obviously used to kill zombies. Uh, fuel used to, um, escape zombies. And uh adrenaline, when you're fighting zombies close combat, sometimes you need that little kick of adrenaline just to be- defeat the zombie. That's kind of the thematic explanation of each of the three resources. Um, so the cards will have you, when you go on a card, the first thing is you will scavenge some resources. There'll be some resources on there that you can do. The second thing that you can do, is, or, yeah, that you can do, um, if it's there, you must do it. Is there may be an instruction that the instruction may say, for every fuel resource you have, lose a survivor. Uh-huh. Now, uh, you know there may be a picture that goes along with that because it may be, you know, uh, a fiery building, and if you're carrying all this fuel, you're gonna, your, your survivors are gonna burn up. Um, or it may be, um, for this turn, grab the sniper rifle. You won't know what the sniper rifle does. It's just a counter. And there may be a card later on explains how to use that sniper rifle. Or there may be, uh, it may say pick up this counter and the counter's got the little radiation symbol on it. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: I played, uh, I played a couple of games where I've picked up that symbol. I still don't know what it does. There's, (laughs) there's (laughs) another card on, there's another card on there explains exactly what it does. Um, but I haven't come across it yet. Um, and I don't want to, turn the cards over and read it and I'll have the little surprise when it happens it tells you, that the rules tell you that it's on the cards and it'll tell you exactly what to do yeah. there's only two of these little counters that are explained in the rule book the rest of them it says, oh you'll find out what they mean when you you find the card mm-hmm. so that's the second thing, You can, it will tell you to do something, it may be pick up a certain counter or it may penalise you for having certain um, resources or penalise you for not having certain resources or it may just say lose a survivor um obviously if you lose all of your survivors so that's all four of your party survivors and you uh you're obviously out of the game. Yeah. Uh the third thing that you can do is fight zombies. So you can fight zombies a zombie a fighting zombies is a throwing dice affair. Uh the first thing you can do is think of it thematically you see the zombies on the card in the area you're going to. And before they approach you, you can take them out using a rifle, you know, a long range combat. And what you do is you just simply roll dice. Now you, the number of dice that you roll depends on how many, um, ammunition tokens you play. For each ammunition token you play, you roll two dice. So if you've got six zombies, you may want to spend, uh, and there's, there's a maximum of six dice that you could, seven dice that you can roll. So let's say there's five zombies. Uh, you may want to spend three ammunition tokens to roll six dice. If you get... um There's little target symbols, you know, like crosshairs. For every crosshair you get, you get rid of a zombie and you ignore all the other uh, symbols on the dice. Uh, if you manage to kill all the zombies, hooray, brilliant, you get the cards and that's your turn done. If you only kill some of the zombies then what happens to the remaining ones, they get close to you, and now you're going to do melee combat, hand-to-hand stuff. You've rolled the dice again. What you're rolling now is you've rolled the number of dice uh, that you have. Uh, you roll dice for the number of survivors that you have. So if you have uh, four of your colored survivors and you, then you roll five dice. You roll your dice, there's various symbols on there. You can get a bite. If you get a bite, that's you. You lose a survivor. You get a bite with an adrenaline token. That's where the adrenaline comes in. You pay the adrenaline to skip the bite. Um, or, uh, you, if you, there's just a straight adrenaline, cho- uh, token, you can spend, you can, you don't have to, but you can spend that to get a surge of adrenaline and kill the zombie. Um, and I think that's the symbols. There. Yeah, there's also, um, you can kill the zum- uh, one with a target shot. Um, and if you pay an additional uh, adrenaline, you can kill an additional zombie uh, so that's it that's the the three things that you can do on every single card once you have done that on all the cards you get all the card uh the cards some of the cards may have um victory points on them and that's ultimately what you're playing for simple game simple game of survival and um the person with the most, if you survive uh, all of the cards being played then the person with the most points wins or if you're the only person to survive out of the four people playing then you win so I said I was going to try and convince you to buy this game or to like this game the next thing about this game is the graphic design that I need to tell you about the graphic design the idea of the game is that we are already living in the zombie apocalypse and what you have in your hands is a board game created by this guy called Martin, who, you know, during one of his off days during the zombie apocalypse, traveling from his hometown to, um, uh, is it from Boston to Philadelphia they're traveling or from wherever they're traveling to? Um, they, you know, he's made this board game
2: uh-huh.
0: and so the even the box of the game you've seen the box um it's this old 50s style board game and it's got you know like a a Chevrolet it's got the you know the the um the advertising trope of the the blonde the beautiful blonde in the car with the wind blowing her hair and somebody's driving the car and the name of the game is Hit the Road but the 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 is crossed out with a marker and it's got a big, you know, it's like a felt-tip pen and it's got a Z over the, over the, the. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's called Hit Z Road. Um, And there's the little As Seen On TV um, symbol and again, the As Seen On has been crossed out with a felt-tip pen and it just has no, no more written on it. So it's no more TV. Um and so it's hit zeroed a, a a perfect a a family game, and he's crossed out a family and just put my game. Um, yeah, a family adventure game, and he's taken out uh, a family. So it says my my adventure game. Um, and then when you open the box, all the cards. Uh, when you look at the card, the back of the cards, they're designed. Um, to be the backs of something else so all the stage one cards look like they're the backs of playing cards and the playing cards that they're kind of ripped the cards themselves are not ripped but you know it looks like they've got rips and coffees yeah yeah they've got the print's been ripped off and there's coffee stains on them and they look battered and stuff like that um there are the player tokens so there's initiative tokens uh, one of the other things I never told you is an, there's an auction element to all this as well mm-hmm. so um, to figure out who is the first player there's an auction and you basically if I wanted to be the first player I say right I'm paying four resources if you want to be the first player you would pay five um, and Um but you can go up and up and up you can keep outbidding each other um, but it's not a very wise thing because you're playing with the resources that you need yeah um so um the the tokens that show you who's got the initiative who's the first player and second player and third player are one of them is a credit card in the name of Martin Wallace the other one is a a room key card one of them is uh is it a bathroom token or something but they're all different sizes then and they're misshaped because it looks like stuff he's found out in the real world the tokens uh the, the tokens that are for ammunition uh, fuel and uh ammunition fuel and adrenaline are bottle caps. Well,
2: that's uh, you what know I
0: it, Yep, uh bottle caps. And um so the backs of some of the other cards as well, um when you, you turn them over so there's four bonus points that you get at the end of the game and you, there's bonus points for the person that has the most ammunition there's per- bonus points for the person that has the most uh survivors and things like that these four cards when you turn them over one of them is the back of an old Dixit card, one of them is the back of a Seven Wonders card one of them is the back of a Ticket to Ride card
1: that's really good
0: yeah it is awesome i and then the round tokens that the censure that that is going to make you think this is amazing this the the censure is um the the tokens that i was telling you um you know the, the one with the the sniper rifle symbol on it and the one yeah. with the little radioactive symbol they're big round tokens and they are colored tokens with it just like a um like a little sticky piece of paper stuck over the top of them but you can see underneath the the white paper that's got the symbol written on them just showing underneath the white paper you can see a colored gem <laughs> the round tokens are splendor tokens i oh, feel really good yeah they're cardboard they're not the real clinky clinky ah. ones but and unfor- yeah the game would cost a fortune if it was and there'd be no physical yeah, way sure. of actually doing that True. But I, yeah, I just think that's amazing. Uh, that, that really, really clever choice of, you know, how they have built the game.
1: This is smart. I assume since it yeah. has like Splendor stuff in it and things like that, is I
0: don't know. Those aren't it's all
1: published the... by the same company. Well, I guess well, Asmodee they... probably owns everyone, don't they?
0: Yes, Asmodee <laughs> owns all of them. Yeah. Um, but yes, it's uh, it is Space Cowboys. So oh, okay. of course. Yeah, the of, quality
1: course of,
0: the, of it. High quality stuff. the quality of it is absolutely amazing. The cards themselves, so uh, the backs are brilliant, but the, the cards, the front of the cards have got like, um, this person that's made this game. It's snapshots of zombies that he's found out in the real world. You know, during his road trip, he's taken a snap of these zombies. Like, um, and sometimes, yeah, sometimes there's a little smart arse comment underneath them as well. Um none of them are like just, circled and then it says like, you know <laughs> nice erotic points or something. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> um Yeah. Just a really, really smart game. Um it's it the game the gameplay reminds me the way that the cards are set up reminds me of uh Splendor. You know, it, it's kind of a A strange variation of splendor, Mm -hmm. Um, uh, but then it's got this neat uh, auction mechanic where you are bidding. Because the other thing that you can do when you're the first player as well. um, So I told you if you're playing a four-game, four-player game, there's four paths that you can pick. um, Mm -hmm. And how the, what happens is the first player, he builds those four paths, so he reveals, you know, he takes eight cards. And he can put those eight cards in any order that he wants. Okay. So he can, so he can put two cards that maybe don't have any zombies on them, but they have victory points. He can put them together. So, you know, the first player would be able to get two, you know, a couple of victory points for no spending, no resources. It's free victory points. Um, or he could, um, he could put, you know, he could be very fair. And he could put all the, you know, a victory point paired up with some zombies, or he could just be a bastard and put zombie, you know, three sets of zombies and one set of, um, one set of victory points together.
2: Yeah.
0: So once he once he's done that and built it up, then the auction begins. Uh, And you all bid. Now you, like I said, it you could pass on the first round, but then when it comes round to you again, you can bid again. Um, so you can always bid and the way the bidding round or the auction ends once everyone's passed. Um, and so you're always weighing up this option of, do I go in with the auction? Uh, you know, can I afford to say my limit is three, three resources? Mm -hmm. Um, and that's as much as I'm going to spend on the auction. Or do you just, you know, you, you don't have to spend anything. You can say, Oh, I'm bidding zero. So you don't pay anything. Um but then you need to be happy with the fourth choice and sometimes yeah. that fourth choice may be fucking horrible. Yeah. yeah. Um so yeah, really interesting things like that. The solo variant that I played, obviously there's no auction, so it takes that away. But what it does is the way the cards are laid out are slightly different. So the, the and you've only got three paths that you can choose from. The first path is both cards are played face down, they're blind, so you don't know what's behind them. The second the second path is, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, what the first card is face up, so you can see what it is. The second card is face down, you don't know what it is. The third choice, both cards are face up, so you know exactly what's coming up. Um, if you play the first choice, so the blind ones, when you're playing solo, you can pick, as a bonus, you can pick any two resources, and put them into your stockpile before you turn the cards over and see what's there. If you play the second choice where the, one of them's face up and one of them's face down, you just play the game as normal. You play that round as normal. No problems. If you play the second, the third choice where you can see both cards face up, you, before you play the game, uh, play your round, you have to pay, pay two choice, two resources of your choice. Um, so it kind of, um, it substitutes for the auction. Yeah. A little bit. And it works really well. Um cool. I, Yeah, we, we need to get a game of it. I really liked it and the solo auction is brutal. I um I didn't survive. I got hit <laughs> by zombies. I was I was doing I was doing, it, though, I was doing really play. well. Yeah, um the thing is with it I was doing really, really well. I had I was playing smart, um I would you know Kill, uh, go for cards that had zombies and points, so I'm building up my points, I'm doing really well, I'm making sure that I'm uh, not favouring one set of resources over the next, so I'm scavenging cleverly and doing all of that and I reveal one card and the card says pay two fuel once you've paid those two fuel, count the rest of the fuel tokens that you have and lose one survivor for every token that you have Oh, after paying <laughs> After paying my fuel, I had eight tokens. Oh, game geez. over. Done. <laughs> That's, that seems harsh. Yeah, and and I thought I was being clever as well because it was I it was the two face down ones. Uh
2: huh.
0: Um, normally in the in the normal player game, you can see that coming up, so you'll know whether you can afford to take that risk or whether to avoid it or not. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really like this game. It does sound really uh, cool. Yeah, it's um, it came out and it didn't get much traction, I think, because when you look at the box, the box looks shit, but it's meant to be that way.
1: Yeah, I've definitely heard you know, the name a few times. Like it's not. Yeah, it's not. It's done that way. It,
0: yeah, it's it's been on. Uh, I, the reason it's come to some people's attention now is that it is um, it's been hitting you know some of the internet's uh, game of the year lists. Yeah. Uh, and the reason I knew it was about, I knew it was an Essen, but I didn't bother with it because it had come out a couple of months before and I always thought I'll pick it up at one point if I fancy it. Hmm. And then, uh, it, uh, shops weren't carrying it too much and then the friendly local shop that we go to had, um, they got some stock in and I seen it and I picked it up when I seen it. Cool. Um, but yeah, um, definitely check it out. Um, and we will be playing a game of it soon at one point.
1: Yeah, I definitely think that needs to get a game played.
0: Yeah. So, the last game that we have to talk about is a game that you played, um, and it's quite a cool game called Once Upon a Time.
1: Yes. Um, I picked this up for my girlfriend's for her Christmas?
0: Maybe
1: for her birthday. I forget, because they're all right next to It hey, was
0: that? It was a while ago that you got it, did you not? Or was no, it new?
1: Th- no, this was only last year. Um, oh, right, yeah. yeah. Ago. Um, it's been sitting there not that long. Um, I think it was for our birthday, so it was like November. Um, oh, yeah, because I got a net worth for Christmas. That's what it was. Um, but yeah, this is we finally got a chance to play it over New Year because we spent our New Year's Eve kind of in the flat, drinking, playing board games, which was pretty good. Um, and Once Upon a Time is... Basically, a storytelling game where each of the players has a handful of cards that have uh, like events on them, and or not even events, they're much bigger than that. It's like um, objects or uh, people. So, people might say, like, you know, brother or sister, or, you know, woman or cook or something like that. Yes. On it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And then may have places, so it'd be like a village or a wall or a tower, stuff like that. Uh, and then some of them just have kind of a bit more kind of obscure stuff. But the main thing is that everyone has a bunch of these cards and everyone has an ending card. An ending card will say, you know, they all lived happily ever after or some variation, like something like that that you have to lead into. Your story has to end that way. And, uh, one player starts and they start telling a story and the story is based entirely on the cards in their hand. So every t- that the main goal is you want to reduce your hand down to nothing, and then play your ending card. Uh, right. Okay. And you, you do this by telling a story, and every time you mention an element that is in your hand, you play that card. So right. you might be like, once upon a time, you know, there was a brother and a sister. So you played in the sister card. Right. And they. Uh, spent all of their time climbing trees and you play the tree card that kind of thing um, right. but then there's a bunch of rules for the other player to intervene and take over the story or the other players because you play it we only play it two but we play it more where there's a bunch of cards that are specifically they have like a, an icon and stuff like that on them where if that type of card like if it's a person or a location or something like that was played before you can then play that card and kind of Interject into the story and go, "Oh, but then they went to you know this other village, this fishing village, and they did whatever, and you start telling the story yourself, and then you start playing your cards and doing the story uh the other thing right. is if they struggle, so if the other player if the player telling the story starts to you know they they're thinking it through in their head, and they're very clearly going slowly and struggling to get stuff out or repeating themselves. Um, and you call them out on it, they have to draw cards. I think they only draw one card. Oh, and they all have to right. Draw a card so their hand gets a bit bigger again. Um yeah. So you're basically, you're trying to tell a story, and you're trying not to fall behind, basically. Um, and it's just this little back and forth thing if you try to tell a story. And also, you have to, you're not allowed to tell anything that contradicts something that happened before. So players can call you out on that as well. So if you're like, oh, this sister had pink hair and then later on say oh she had blue hair, someone could call you out and be like no she had pink hair earlier you can't do that and then they take over the story and you have to draw a card again because you right. messed up the story um, ah, okay. so it's basically a game about nitpicking people's stories, it's pretty good <laughs> <laughs> um, it's yeah it's very light, um, it was quite fun I, I do quite like storytelling games um, uh, you know like gloom and stuff like that um, Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I, it was good. I, I would definitely play it again. I, I will play it again actually. But yeah, there's
0: um, uh, quite a few expansions you can get for that as well. Oh yeah,
1: there's a shitload of expansions for that game. Um, yeah, there's tons, and there's a good amount of cards that come with it. It's not like it's lacking in content, and they needed to bring. Yeah. out It's just, I guess, it's like the doesn't Dixit it also thing.
0: come with blank cards?
1: It does. Yeah, there's a handful of blank yeah. cards in it. Yeah. But I think it's just like the Dixit thing where. It probably doesn't cost them a massive amount to make more of it. So they're just like print them. Go. Get some more artwork. Get some yeah. more words. You know. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh but yeah, once upon a time. It's really cool. And it comes in a really nice box as well, actually. The box is it's got like a bunch of like kind of fold out stuff at the front. It's like a it reminded me of like the the boxes for like StarCraft two and Diablo three, you know, where they had the big cardboard box in the front yes, and at the yes. back that kind of folds out and has more stuff that's what the board game box is yep. like for this <laughs> cool. um, yeah Once Upon a Time I, I definitely recommend it
0: cool excellent I don't think it's too expensive as well is it no it's... no
1: it, it was relatively cheap it was, it's been out yeah, for a while it's... and it's it's, be, it's one of those games that um, shut up and sit down and say a lot but when a game has been around for a while and gets reprinted a lot that's generally a, a good sign yes yeah
0: yeah Yeah. cool excellent Uh, I think that's it for uh, our games
1: yes Yes, yes.
0: excellent have we got much uh, news Uh, not a lot
1: Um, we're actually kind of recording in one of the most awkward times for this stuff because uh, the Nintendo Switch conference is tomorrow morning (laughs) So if we're gonna. By the time this podcast goes up, there will be a crap ton of Switch news out there. You'll probably have already pre- I've pre-ordered it. Um, but right now we don't know anything about it, so who knows?
0: Yes, yeah. Uh, be, yeah,
1: yeah. There was like more leaks, but it's not really worth going on about because again, by the time this podcast has to go out,
0: that- I will be. You'll, know, you'll yeah. know the
1: real deal. Um, so the news we've got: uh, Scalebound got cancelled. Oh! Uh, this is the Platinum Games uh, Xbox One exclusive. We had a big dragon and you were a dude that had cool looking headphones. Um, there's been kind of rumours about trouble development on it for a wee bit. We kind of. They showed it at uh, Gamescom, I think, and also at E3, and it kind of looked. not great. Like it looks like uh-huh. a good idea, but I don't know if you remember that last gameplay thing they showed was that big boss fight, um, and it was, looked really dull. It was just like a guy shooting arrows at a boss for ages. Yes, um, yeah. Like there wasn't, it wasn't very eventful or anything. Um, but yeah, uh, Platinum haven't no, Microsoft has like confirmed that has happened, but nothing else has really been, you know, announced about like how this is going to affect Platinum and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, because apparently quite a lot of money was sunk into that. Oh uh, wow. I think you know, Platinum will be fine because they're making like 40 other games because every time any Japanese yeah. developer announces a the game they're like also Platinum's helping make it. And it's like what? What the fuck's you... <laughs> going on? Come on Platinum. Uh, I think <laughs> New Year is kind of their big game. Just now. Yeah. Well now that we see these uh, that bands done. Um, but yeah also it was quite interesting though because Microsoft announced it was cancelled and also said that they th- still felt very confident about uh, Microsoft's or about the Xbox One's uh, 2017 release schedule and listed off some specific games so they were like Halo Wars 2 uh, Sea of Thieves which I don't think it actually be announced was coming out this year but presumably is yeah. if they're talking about it and the other one was Crackdown 3, which is probably pretty notable, given the fact that they haven't mentioned Crackdown 3 in, like, two years. Like, it's been kind of... They yeah, announced they... announced it and then it yeah. didn't, didn't do um, I think the main rumours around that game are that... Because I don't know if you remember, but the main thing they were pushing with uh, that Crackdown 3 stuff when they announced it was... That if you were connected online they'd be using Microsoft's Azure servers like the cloud stuff to do cloud processing for physics to let you destroy the entire city basically if you were connected to a server um, the main rumor going around just now is that card 3 basically got delayed to come out with Scorpio because then they right. don't need to do that they can just render it all on there Get rid yeah. of the whole power of the cloud bullshit that kind of people aren't really buying anymore. Or never yeah. really did. Um Yeah. It's strange. Um I don't know if we yeah. I guess we haven't done a regular podcast in a while, so I guess there's actually more news. Um Mass yeah. Effect. Oh, um, yes. Yeah. Uh I've not actually got it in me, but it's March. <laughs>
0: yes. Yeah. Um <laughs> I was going to talk about um when you talking about Platinum Platinum's um Teenage Mutant was it the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle yeah. game has been pulled.
1: Yeah. Presumably Activision didn't bother keeping up the TMNT license and were like, "Ah, fuck it."
0: Yeah, uh, which I thought was a bit of a strange one.
1: Activision has done that a lot with licensed games recently. Um like, all the Marvel stuff has been up and down. Um, right. Like, Deadpool got pulled for a while. Uh, Marvel vs. Capcom 3, I think, is still pulled. Uh, Didn't
0: we just get Ultimate of it for that? Yeah,
1: I think that one is still there, but I think the PS3 ones are still pulled. Um, and Marvel vs. Right. Capcom 2 as well for Xbox 360. Um, yeah. There's... I don't know if we'll see that one pop up again, though, because from all accounts it was significantly worse than most of those licensed games. Right. Um which is a shame because again Platinum made some pretty great stuff.
0: Yeah, they they have. Um but yeah the the Ninja Turtles one didn't get it no. wasn't that favorably yeah. received.
1: No, that and the Legend of Korra ones are kind of the two that have been kinda of duds. Yeah. Which is a shame because again like they've done good licensed stuff. Like that Transformers game's great. Yeah. Um,
0: um yeah. Well, you can't win them all.
1: Yeah, true, true. Um especially when you're working on that many games. Um, yeah. Oh, they also made that Star Fox game. I forgot about that one.
2: Oh
0: god, that yeah. Didn't uh, that I, didn't
1: come up in our game of the years. I feel like that yeah, probably I, would have fit into a couple of the slightly more negative categories. Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I I actually forgot that I own that.
1: I forgot that was a game. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah I, I've i forgotten that I own that bloody thing
1: yeah Um. D- d- I mean there's a bunch of little things Crytek closed some more studios uh, I think this was mostly happening when we did our last podcast but I don't think they'd actually closed that yet right because um, I seem to remember I was mentioning because for a <laughs> while no. they weren't paying employees Again, which is a thing Crytek do annually at this point. Um, <laughs> and like, I wish that was a um, joke, but like, genuinely, it's every year it comes out of, oh, Crytek haven't paid any of their employees for three months. And it's like, if you're struggling that much, come on, man. Um, last yeah. time they closed down Crytek UK, this time they closed down, uh, bunch of other Crytek studios which the, also the weird thing that came out about this is that everyone suddenly realised Crytek had like 8 studios across the world which is insane because they make a an unsuccessful game engine and they release a game every like 3 years or so, like they, they don't release many games Yeah, the last game they released was Rise was, it,
0: was Rise theirs?
1: yeah, Rise was them because yeah, I was going to s- for Xbox One.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because before that, it was the um the the first person RoboCop game. RoboCop. You're in the funny suit. Oh, uh, starts <laughs> uh,
1: uh, 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 Crisis.
0: Crisis, yeah. Crisis Three was it?
1: Yeah. Um, that was last gen uh, Yeah. I like the Crisis games. Um, it would be a shame if like, you know, bad things happen to up going forward. But I would, I don't know. Yeah, but there's come definitely on, some, you... there's definitely a lot of mismanagement going on in that company.
0: Yeah, um, you know, pay your employees at least exactly,
1: or you know, if you can't afford to pay them, you know, fire them so they can like I know it's real shame, but you know, let them go, give them their yeah. severance package and. At least then they're getting some kind of money, and then they can go and find a new job. You know. Yes.
2: Yeah.
1: Although you know, personally, if I had been going for even a couple of weeks unpaid for my job, I would be looking for a new job. This is not a. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You... But I mean, yeah, like, no, that's yeah, this, this it, it's not good news anyway. No. You know. Yeah.
1: Um. Some of those studios, um were studios that Crytek bought and a couple of them have kind of announced that they're basically going to go back to the way they were before Crytek bought them rather than actually closing down like all the people have kind of just stuck together and be like well we're we'll making a new company it'll be the old company that Crytek bought which is nice at least I like, I like that idea yeah. um, da, da, da. Uh, Sony also it's lots of studio closes at the start of this year um Sony closed uh Gorilla Cambridge. So oh. this is the uh they used to be the developers that made like medieval and things like that for Playstation One. Uh yeah. they made Killzone Mercenaries for the Vita, which was a really good first person shooter for the Vita. Um yep. like way better than that, had any right to be it looked straight up like a PS three game. It was insane. Um and then also they most recently made Rigs Mechanized Combat League for the PlayStation VR, which apparently did not right. sell very well, despite being a pretty good game. Uh, apparently, I've not actually played it. Right. Yeah. But that's a shame. Like I, I like those guys. I really like the yeah. evil.
0: Yes, and uh the um the the Killzone game as well. Yeah.
1: Well, it's just the they only made the Vita one. Um, the main. Yes, yeah. Guerrilla Studio is in Amsterdam. Right. Um, so like Horizon Zero Dawn is still being made. This doesn't affect it at all. Right. Which is good. At least. Yeah. But still. That sucks. Um, yeah, that's all the news I've got. I'm sure there's others. But... Sure. Um,
0: well, I'm just looking at, uh, <laughs> new releases. So new releases for weekending the 20th. So by the time you have listened to this, you will already have. There's not much for kind of the weekending, the 13th. There's um, Forestry 2017, the simulation, Joe's Diner. Uh, Joe's Diner is uh, it's one of the UIG's um, first-person horror experiences. Already out on Steam, it's coming to PS4 and Xbox One. And another one we covered the PS. Was it the PS3 version or the PC version? I think we covered the P C version way back in the Calm Down Tom days was Pine, Pine View Drive. Really? Which was very good. Yeah. um very David uh, Lynchy, I believe. <laughs> you know, that um murder in Hollywood kind oh, of Oh yeah, I remember uh, the Pineview Drive one. Yeah. Um so coming out for weekending January the twentieth, uh, we've got uh, Atelier Atlia Plus, Alchemist of the Dusk Sea for the PlayStation Vita I imagine there will be quite a few boobs in that one uh, we've also got uh, this is quite a big one for the 3DS um, the internet uh, they love this game but they reckon it's a very good port it's the Dragon Quest 8 Journey of the Cursed King coming to Nintendo 3DS yeah I've, uh, that I've never played it I've
1: never really played many yeah. Dragon uh, Dragon Quest games
0: yeah, they were a series I never got into because by the time they were on, I think it was like uh, number eight. Yeah, you know, yeah. I was already playing Final Fantasies and and things like that. Yeah. The only one oh, I got super I, into
1: was I think it was Dragon Quest Heroes. It was like a Game Boy game that was basically kind of yes. had some Pokemon yeah. elements to it. Um, right, I really like that one. It was one of my um, first portable games.
0: Ah, cool. Um so yep, that's coming out. Um also coming out for PlayStation Four, quite a big one. I, are you excited for this? Gravity Rush Two?
1: Never heard of it. Um I'm sure it'll be alright
0: though. Yeah, yeah. It's not like you've pre ordered it or anything.
1: I pre ordered the digital version which was way more expensive.
0: Why did you do that?
1: Because I wanted
0: to <laughs> <laughs> had that so... fork oh yeah no <laughs> this, this is not going to be good man. this will not be good uh, yes Gravity Rush 2 comes out on January 20th so uh, we probably won't see Kieran for a little while um, also coming out on that time for the PC is a game called Urban Empire uh, not 100% sure what that is uh, it's from Calypso Media so I'm guessing it's some sort of strategy type game yes
1: I've got say city builder uh Yeah, I'm looking at it on Steam. Looks like some kind of city builder. That's quite nice, actually. Cool.
2: Um,
0: Excellent. Uh, That's all I have for uh, new releases for that period.
1: Yeah. There's a lot more coming out, though. It's going to be a mental year.
0: Nope. It will be. It's only going to get
1: crazier. March, in particular. Like, there's too much shit coming out in March. (laughs) <laughs> can I, can yeah. like scroll down that release list and then remember that the, the switch is coming out
0: oh god yeah yeah I see it right, like fair enough stuff. there's lots of stuff coming up but uh, yeah hopefully it will be a good year yeah, for, I, for games I'm looking forward to it. Um, I, 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 I yeah I, I must say I'm getting more and more into the, you know, the, the board game side of things, it, it seems to be scratching the, the gaming itch for me these days. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if that is because, you know, with um, console gaming then, or or video gaming, the online element is it's a bit more... It's not as easy as it used to be to get into, you know, you could just... When everyone was still nice to each other, you could just go to an online lobby and, you know, just play and, uh, particularly on the consoles. And now, you know, you try and do that and, you know, you always bump into somebody that claims that they know your mother and they've done certain things to her. Um, It's just an unpleasant experience. And I think, um, board gaming seems to, you know, it's it's bringing back that whole social, Social thing, yeah. Um, but video games are kind of, video games are doing that as well because we're we're seeing more couch co-op games,
1: yeah, definitely.
0: And what, and well thought out couch co-op games.
1: I think one of the main things is you have to tackle online games the same way that you tackle board games, which is don't play them with randoms.
2: Yes.
0: Yeah.
1: So, we should play some Zombie armory Trilogy. Is what I'm saying.
0: Oh yes, yeah, definitely, yeah, uh, definitely up for that. Cool. Um, so if you have anything you want, uh, comments or uh, questions that you want to ask, you can fire us an email. You can email us at glitchfree. No, no, no. Try again. <laughs> podcast podcast at glitchfreegaming.com. I, w- yeah. I was actually using the old part, the the old email address, the old Gmail before it's we, also an we email had our own site exists. so yeah send us an email to <laughs> I know uh, yeah send us an email to podcast at glitchfreegaming.com you can also send us a tweet at glitchfreegame and you can find us at facebook um, just log on to facebook and search for glitchfreegaming yeah cool um, uh, anything else that we've forgotten anything you wish to add
1: um, go oh, listen their game of the year stuff if you somehow manage to skip it. It's there's a lot of it. The audio quality ended up not being super good, which was unfortunate. Um, but the discussions are still good, yes. Um, and the last board game podcast will sound a lot better because we recorded it afterwards, yes. Um, and again, there's really good discussions on that. We recorded far too much on that podcast.
0: We did, right. yes, but it oh. was it was a lot of fun as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. I, I like you. You said the just there that you're kind of being more into the board games and the video games at the moment. I think in general, I'm still way more a big fan of video games. Ah. Uh-huh. Last year, I felt more strong about board games than I did about video games. There was more games that came out that I thought were really cool. Um, yeah. But yeah. Yes. Yeah, go listen to those podcasts if you haven't.
0: Yes. And yes then go up. M- I know. they should be up. Yeah, well, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then go buy board games.
1: Yes. And then go buy all the board games.
0: Yes. There's some kickstarts. Yeah. yeah. That, look, we don't want to spend all your money for you or anything like that. It's just you're doing as a favor because if you buy them, then it means I can't buy them.
1: <laughs> exactly. Until the reprints come. <laughs>
0: Shit, I forgot about the reprints. Oh well, fuck it. Two years later. See
1: ya.